Hello and welcome to A Smashing Theory, the ultimate prediction podcast for Super Smash Bros. and other video games. I'm Daniel. And I'm Sean. And hey everybody, it's it's been like another month of Nintendo surprises. Yeah, actually kind of an insane amount of news. Yeah. It feels to me as though there's been a lot. No, like the last two weeks uh, were kind of packed with the stuff we weren't expecting. <laughs> yeah. Like this episode was going to be the episode where, yeah, it's, it's going to... It's slow, it's slow, slow news time. <laughs> so let's predict whatever the next like big Nintendo Direct is going to be, and then then Mario just walked up to us and punched us in our collective faces. Well, that was that was more than two weeks ago. We we talked <laughs> we talked about Mario punching us already. Okay, yeah, uh, you know, Mister Nintendo <laughs> punched us go. in our collective faces. Doug Bowser himself. Sure, there you go. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, we got. We got a surprise like game announcement for November, uh, some Nintendo Online like NES and SNES games got announced, mm-hmm. which I forgot to put on the outline, <laughs> uh, and uh, and we got another Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase, the yes. third in three months. They're really hawking their partners. There's no bit. I was just saying that. <laughs> All right. So, uh, no corrections this time. Oh, ho, ho, my favorite episode. <laughs> uh, so I guess we can just hop into uh, the the stuff that got announced, starting with, um, so like two days after we recorded, just the morning. Nintendo just dropped a video, yeah, saying that there was a Zelda announcement in it, and uh, and it was Asianoma like opening it mm-hmm. and basically saying, "Hi, I know you guys are excited about Breath of the Wild too. Uh, that's that's still in the works, but we need more time to work on it. Right? Here's something else." And uh, so, last episode, you and I talked a little bit about like what Zelda's like. 30th anniversary plans could be like right um and one thing i mentioned kind of in passing at the end was maybe there'll be a hyrule warriors too <laughs> uh maybe there'll be a hyrule warriors too like sometime next year and really all they need to do to make that game good is just to make the four champions from breath of the wild playable characters mm-hmm. so nintendo proceeded to announce uh Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Yes. Which didn't, like, after, like, I saw the trailer and didn't really, like, sink into me that this was, that this was Hyrule Warriors 2 in all but name. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know. Yeah. 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 But, <laughs> yeah, they're making Hyrule Warriors 2. Um, and they're putting in the Guardians. Yep. Uh, so this, it's, it's really interesting. This, this is the most... The way they're making this is uh just really unprecedented for for like warriors. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um so instead of like a cute little spin-off game this time, High Warriors Age of Calamity is actually a canon prequel right. to Breath of the Wild that depicts the Great Calamity War 
that took place a hundred years before the events of the game. Yeah, like they'll presumably be dropping some canon lore. Yeah, you know, uh, over the course of this game, which is really interesting. Yeah, Koei Tecmo uh, collaborated directly with the Zelda team on like the story, the gameplay direction, uh, the graphics to kind of make it look more Breath of the Wildy. Okay. Um. And uh, and like the world, obviously, and the dialogue. Like this is basically, yeah, this is a this is a canon chapter in the Zelda franchise, uh, just developed by the Warriors team and with Warriors gameplay, which makes a lot of sense for that point in the timeline sure. because it takes place over a great war where where Link and his friends like just have to take down Ganon's gigantic army, right? Uh, no, it's like, like, it's, it's a great idea that and I would not have given credit to Nintendo for coming up with this idea before they announced it. You yeah. Know? I, it really doesn't seem like the kind of thing they would do. Yeah. I never, I, I never thought that like, we'd actually see the events of the, of the, right. of the, the calamity war. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I figured that would just be a bit of lore. That they that they mentioned in Breath of the Wild for sure. some fluff, you know, for for some yeah, here's some cool lore for you, right? And uh, and we we never play those events because like, you know, uh, it's kind of kind of a sad time yeah, in the history yeah, yeah, of it's, Zelda. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's that's not a very triumphant moment in Zelda history, right? Uh, but they're going for it, yeah, and that that's actually really exciting. No, I hope they succeed. I think this has the potential to be a very cool project. Yeah, I'm uh like, I keep almost pulling the trigger on on getting Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition mm-hmm. because uh we had Hyrule Warriors for the Wii U. We had yes. the first release. I got that. I got like that first season pass of DLC, but I didn't get the DLC after that. I didn't get Hyrule Warriors Legends. Right. Um so like when Definitive Edition came out, it had like somewhere between 10 and 15 new characters that I hadn't played as. Mm-hmm. So I've I've always been like kind of tempted by it. No, we both I mean, we played a lot of Hyrule Warriors, the original and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I thought it was great. Yeah, we did a lot of co-op actually yes. because the like that Hyrule Warriors is probably like one of my favorite Wii U games in terms of like it proving that the Wii U had the right to exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I you think know? that's fair. Uh because the co-op mode was really awesome in that uh if you had like a Wii if you had like a spare Wii remote and a nunchuck lying around, uh one person could play on the TV right. with the Wii remote and nunchuck and the other person could play on the gamepad and you could both just like play simultaneously, yeah, like asynchronous multiplayer. And I, as I recall, there was a bit of a performance hit doing that, but it still ran well enough that you know we could enjoy ourselves. Yeah, the the aspect ratio got shrunk slightly, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like yeah, but it was it was barely noticeable to yeah. me personally, and uh, and like it's it's I think it was actually very technically impressive because oh, like, same. because we'd both be on like two completely different parts of the map like each like taking out like big waves of enemies and like it it would run fine Mm -hmm. um no i think i think generally the wii u was sort of like the sega dreamcast of nintendo mm -hmm. you know except that obviously didn't finish the company like it was it, it was kind of ahead of its time but also a bit clunky and people managed to do cool stuff with it just not that many people yeah like 
the the reason I'm not pulling the trigger, I haven't pulled the trigger on Definitive Edition yet, actually, is because like the multiplayer is just worse. Mm. Like it's uh the co op is there, but now it's just like split screen multiplayer. Right. You, you can't even use multiple switches. Oh yeah, and nobody likes split screen anymore. Yeah. It's I, the year I 2020. Cer- exactly. I certainly don't like split screen anymore. <laughs> like, it's, you know, it, it was fine at at the time when right. it was really the only way you could do multiplayer. Right, yeah, when um, it was a necessity. Yeah, but now, like, everyone has a Switch, so you might as well, <laughs> yeah. you know. At least let us do shitty, you know, local Switch play with the terrible latency. Yeah. Yeah, let, let us do that. Let us like <laughs> let's huddle like real close together because if we're more than ten feet apart, or if someone's playing with their switch in the dock, uh, then it, you'll lose the connection constantly. It is both astounding and embarrassing to me that like the 3ds, the PlayStation Portable, had better local multiplayer than the switch does somehow yeah it's, like it's how do they weird. fuck that up it's, they've it's... done it successfully twice before <laughs> it's remarkable yeah it's it's really strange actually um i would still take local multi-switch gameplay though for, yes for like the sequel that that'd be better than nothing yes i agree i i don't know if if splits if same system split screen multiplayer would be better than nothing for me <laughs> Yeah, 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 because yeah, because yeah, like, like Warriors gameplay specifically, like it's so there's so much going on on one screen. Yeah, you really want that whole screen to parse what's happening. Oh yes, yeah. If if you have half the screen to parse what's happening, and then out of the corner of your field of vision, a whole lot of shit is happening. Uh-huh. Uh, like on the other half of the screen, that's completely unrelated to what you're doing. I think that threw me off a lot. I think, yeah, I think I, it'd be too chaotic. I mean, like I've enjoyed Dynasty Warriors on split screen before, but that was like Dynasty Warriors Four for the PS2, where they compensated by having it having the draw distance of Turok, <laughs> so like you didn't have to pay attention to what was going on because you could only see three feet in front of you. Right. Oh man. I should say that I'm I'm not generally a huge Dynasty Warriors fan. I just uh, a friend of mine had Dynasty Warriors Four, and we played it a lot. Yeah, I haven't really dipped my toe into the series beyond that. Hyrule Warriors is the only Warriors game that I've played. Okay. Uh, Amy got Fire Emblem Warriors. Right. Uh, when that came out. And she didn't like it at all. I mean, it had so much potential. And then they put in, like, just characters that... The characters you would expect, you yeah. know? Like, yeah, like... No deep cuts at all. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, no deep cuts, and on top of that, uh, just like the wep- like the the weapon variety could have been really mm. cool, and the weapons are all kind of boring. It's that's like a, yep, that we, sucks. Yep, they have swords, they have spears. Right, uh, Tiki's in it, and she like swings her dragon stone around like it's a big rock, and that's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I like that's that's frustrating because there's so many cool legendary weapons throughout the history of Fire Emblem, yeah. like the Manikati and Durandal, and all these big weapons with cool designs that could have different gameplay elements. Yeah, but instead, it's just like Lucina and you know the Binding Blade or whatever the fuck she has. The Binding Blade, Fal- Falcon, Falcon, yeah, Falcon, yeah. Yeah, Binding Blade was... Uh, oh, is that Roy? Uh, that's Roy. Okay. I think. His game's called The Binding Blade. Right, so I don't... Got uh, it. Yeah, yeah. Sure, Somebody maybe, in there's got the yeah, Binding so Blade. Yeah, so someone's <laughs> got a Binding Blade in there. Uh, 
but yeah, uh, War- Warriors has always like the the gameplay conceit of Warriors games has always been kind of neat. Sure. Basically, just like yeah, get a bunch of weapons, uh, like have a bunch of different playable characters, and just like just decimate waves <laughs> right. of enemies. Um, like yeah, like nice, like satisfying, like. Mm-hmm mindless hack and slash stuff no yeah it's it's like the summer popcorn action film of games yeah you know, you're just extremely powerful and beating the shit out of dozens of opponents at the same time yeah and the the thing is i generally like it's kind of boring to me to just do that with like a regular sword or like a big <laughs> spear right you know but higher warriors was really exciting because he had all these like zelda weapons and all these right. like bizarre like fantasy pieces of equipment yeah or just like midna thwacking people with her ponytail or yeah. whatever like yeah. there's a lot of variety as opposed to like oh i'm lu boo again I've yeah got a spear or whatever he does <laughs> your your massive uh like encyclopedic knowledge <laughs> of that period of, of Japanese slash Chinese history. Right. Oh yeah. 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 Clearly I have some knowledge there. Uh, Chinese. I think it's Chinese. Yeah. Of Chinese history. Uh, yeah. Just, it blows me away. It's incredible. Well, I, I mean, yeah. The, and then here you are dragging me and you didn't know if it was Japanese or Chinese <laughs> history. <laughs> I mean, like, I think one of us might have a leg up. It's, it's one of those, like, it's, it's like, I, I get confused because like it's Chinese history, but Japan. Yes. Like does so many like covers of it. You know? <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, there's, like, five billion different retellings of, like, Nobunaga and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and it's it's always, like, Japan doing those retellings. Nobunaga, I should say, is Japanese. Oh, okay. So it is it is Japanese slash Chinese history then, right? Well, I, I mean, I, I think that, like, Lu Bu and Cao Cao and the Yellow Turban Rebellion and all that, I think that is Chinese. But isn't Nobunaga in the Dynasty Warriors games? I don't know. God. Uh... Okay, yeah, no, like, I don't, I, I think, I think there's a different, like, series of, like, Warriors S games that have Nobunaga in them. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, Dynasty Warriors in particular is based off of, is based off of the record of the Three Kingdoms. Like, right. Dynasty Warriors is a spin-off of Romance of the Three Kingdoms, which is another okay, right. uh, series of video games that, uh, that covers the... Which takes place during the Han Dynasty in China, and, you know, that includes, like, the Shu Han, the Chao Wei, and the Eastern Wu, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Now um, we know. Yeah, I, I kind of sworn Nobunaga had something to do with all that. He just I mean, shows he's, he's, up. <laughs> he's just everywhere, man. That's true. Uh, Everyone loves Nobunaga. Okay. The Samurai Warriors games. Ah. Yeah. Are they made by the Dynasty Warriors team? It is made by the Dynasty Warriors team. Okay. Yeah, it's a sister series. Huh. Um, It had a... It had Samurai Warriors for the PS2. And uh, and Samurai Warriors 2 for the PS2 and Xbox 360. Huh. Um, Yeah, and that had... Nobunaga's as a playable character. Okay. And I think that's where I got mixed up. But yeah, anyway, like, yeah, regular medieval weapons, like, uh, 
doesn't really grab me. Sure. Um, but yeah, like in Hyrule Warriors, like you can just unlock Opona as a weapon for Link. You can <laughs> right, just you can just true. stomp on people with Link's horse. Yeah. Right. It's great. Uh yeah. Uh the, you know, you can play a harp as a weapon. You can fucking uh like summon things from a magic book. Like, yeah, like I was gonna say, like, can't can't you play as like Errol and fight with seagulls or something? Like that's a it's a wild game. Errol? Uh isn't that Link's sister in Wind in Wind Waker? Oh, uh I think I think she is, but no, you can't play as Link's sister. Oh, okay. Uh somebody fights with birds in that game. Oh Marin from yes. Link's Awakening. There we go. I think she I think she uh her weapon is the bell, and I think seagulls are part of her repertoire. There you go. Yeah. See? Yeah, now she you can't uh, do that in Dynasty Warriors. You can't. <laughs> God, I I love Hyrule Warriors for that reason, and I wish like like there have been other Warriors games that have like uh that get more goofy and more mm-hmm. weird with their weapons. Like I think there's um I think there's a couple of like Dragon Quest. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Like uh, Dragon Quest Heroes, right. right? I think those are Warriors games. I forget whether or not the Warriors team worked on them. Um, and like I know, there's been at least one Gundam Warriors game, probably more than one. <laughs> um, fly around, fight mechs. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's see. <laughs> Actually, yeah, there's been. So there has been a Gundam spin-off of Dynasty Warriors mm-hmm. called Dynasty Warriors Gundam. Yeah. Um Aha. Okay. I figured out my confusion. Okay. There is a spin-off franchise of the Warriors games called Warriors Orochi. Right. Which which crosses over dynasty the dynasty warriors cast and the samurai warriors cast okay making like large scale battles between uh, chinese historical characters and japanese historical characters okay. so lu bu and nobunaga are both playable in the warriors oroshi games i see uh and that's why i got mixed up okay um now we can close this chapter of our dark podcast history <laughs> Uh, other spinoffs include uh, Fist of the North Star Ken's Rage, hmm. uh, which is a yeah a, a Fist of the North Star uh, right. Muso game. The Warriors Warriors games can also be called Muso games. They're called Muso in Japan. Yes. Um, uh, there's a there's a Troy. There Warriors Legends of Troy. <laughs> That's uh, kind of great. There's a there's a whole uh, series of One Piece uh, uh, Dynasty Warriors games, One Piece Pirate Warriors, right? Where yeah, you just take down waves of enemies as different One Piece characters, which makes sense for One Piece actually. Sure. Yeah. Has there been a Dragon Ball one? If not, why the fuck not? Yeah, there hasn't. That's incredible to me. I yeah, mean, they're just wasting money by not every day that they don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> there's a. Uh... Arslan, the Warriors of Legend, mm-hmm. a game inspired by the heroic legend of Arslan fantasy novel series by Yoshiki Tanaka. Sure. Yeah. Um, Why not? Uh, a Berserk Warriors game, Berserk and the Band of the Hawk, huh. uh, based off of the manga slash anime franchise Berserk. Berserk yeah. Okay. Um, Warriors All-Stars, which is just uh, 
a crossover <laughs> uh, game that features a bunch of Koei Tecmo franchises huh. like Ninja Gaiden, Dead or Alive, Tokiden, and Atelier. That's cool. Actually, uh, that's really cool. Yeah, conceptually it was cool. Uh, oh, critically. Yeah, it didn't. It kind of flopped critically and and uh, Com- and, and commercially. That's yeah. But yeah, it had. <laughs> <laughs> It had characters from Atelier, Dead or Alive, Deception, Dynasty Warriors, Haruka, Knights of Azure, Ninja Gaiden, Neo, Opuna. Remember Opuna? No. Uh, it was a game for the Wii. Uh, it was an RPG where you could only control it using the nunchuck. Where you were like a little like two foot tall astronaut with like a orange like circle above your head. Nothing about named... this is ringing a bell. Yeah, I have it. I've never played it. <laughs> um... Uh, Rio, uh, the mascot of, uh, of a Koei Tecmo owned franchise of pachinko titles. Sure. And I, I laughed because apparently there's a game called Samurai Cats that Koei Tecmo <laughs> made and Nobu Nyaga Oda. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking Nobunaga oh. as a cat. Holy shit. And he's playable in Warriors All-Stars. How did this game fail? Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it got a 35 out of 40 on Famitsu. Um, okay, apparently it received potical, positive critical reception. Pot of gold reviews. Uh, <laughs> it received a pot of gold for its efforts. What, what, what did that come out for? Uh, it came out for PS4, Vita, and PC. Oh, okay. Um. That sounds great to me. <laughs> I Conceptually, it's pretty yeah, cool. I'll play as Nobunyaga. I, I was always disappointed that there wasn't like just like a Tecmo Bowl football, football players like DLC. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, that would have been great. Um, uh, finally, the, the victory animation could be him slowly high-fiving another Tecmo Bowl character. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> uh, so uh, almost at the end of all the fucking Dynasty Warriors spinoffs, yeah. uh, there was a Dynasty Warriors tactics game called Dynasty Warriors Godseekers, huh. and then we had, of course, Hyrule Warriors, Fire Emblem Warriors, and Persona 5 Scramble. Oh! Yeah. Uh, which is, yeah, that, that is a Warrior-style game made by the Warriors team. Huh. Yeah, it's, uh, it hasn't come out in the States yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny is that when Persona 5 Scramble got announced and it wasn't just Persona 5, I lost all interest and had no idea what the gameplay was like. <laughs> so that's me finding that out for the first time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, cool. it's a warrior-style game. Yeah, Interesting. Adds a couple new like characters with Personas and stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, And then finally, we're getting Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Right. Um, So, like, out of all those... I played Hyrule Warriors. I like Hyrule Warriors a lot. Uh, it's really fun. Uh, and I, out of all those, have played Hyrule Warriors and Dynasty Warriors 4. Yeah. Oh, actually, uh, you and I played uh, the... We played the... Wait, no, was it just me? Maybe it was just me. I At one point, I cracked open like the multiplayer of a Dynasty Warriors game for... For mystery. Oh, okay. Like, for mystery practice, for mystery game tournament practice. Right. Um, but that's about it. I've never played, like, the story mode of that Okay. Game. And I think I've played, like, some 360 demos of different, like, Warriors games. Like, yeah, War- actually. Warriors Orochi, I, I think. Was, I was going to say, come to think of it, I I played the PSP demo of some Dynasty Warriors game, but I yeah. barely remember it. Yeah. It's of the vaguest of memories. Um... 
But anyway, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is coming out November 20th. That's soon. 2020, yeah. That's yeah. very soon. That's a couple months from the day we're recording. Yeah. Exactly two months. Uh, and, and so far they've confirmed that Link, Zelda, Daruk, the Goron champion, mm-hmm. Mifa, the Zora champion, mm-hmm. uh, Urbosa, the Gerudo champion, right. and Revali, the Rito champion, okay. uh, will be, will be playable characters in the game. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I like the roster already. Yeah. Presumably there will be more than that available, but you know. Presumably and hopefully. One thing that's interesting is because this is so wrapped up in actual canon, uh, I feel like we're not going to get the roster. We're not going to get a lot of the roster sure. of Hyrule Warriors 1 back because that's just kind of just a mix of characters from a bunch of different Zelda games. Right. Which I loved, but yeah, like uh, Midna doesn't really fit into the canon here. <laughs> Uh, what a shame. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, I'm sure there are like care like I mean, they could just throw in OCs. They could uh, yeah. kind of throw in characters. I don't know that you maybe find out about in Breath of the Wild that existed back then. We'll talk about that shortly. Sure. Uh, so uh, maybe we'll basically talk about that right now. Oh. Um, so basically, Koei Tecmo and Nintendo have said that there's going to be more news September 26th. Specifically, right. during TGS, there's going to be a 50-minute-long presentation nice. from Koei Tecmo uh, showing off the game and revealing more information about it. Um, so, yeah, presumably, they'll have a decent amount of stuff to show off, and probably, like, just just a good chunk of gameplay will be there. Sure. And, uh, and the 26th, that's a Saturday uh nice yeah i won't have to watch it at work yeah it'll it'll be all oh, i'll probably have to watch it at work because uh, because happening at 10 p.m japan time oh uh, so that's like morning for us right so yeah there could be uh i don't know if we're gonna get some more character reveals during that presentation sure but uh but yeah there's definitely more characters that could be uh, in Age of Calamity from, like, a canon perspective. Right. right? Um, so, first off, um, I, I jotted down, I've jotted down some ideas for, for some character predictions. So, here's some character predictions. Okay. Uh, first off, Impa. Yep. Right? Uh, kind of staple of the Hyrule, like, staple of the Zelda franchise. She's in so many different games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Impa was playable in Hyrule Warriors, but she might not be anything like that in this game <laughs> right. because it's a completely different Impa. Um, Impa is in Breath of the Wild as an old woman. Yes. Um, and uh, and actually, a what appears to be a young Impa design hmm. uh, is shown for like two and a half seconds, <laughs> like halfway off frame, okay. like in a single shot. Of the Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity trailer. Sure. Uh, there's there's a part where Zelda and Link are, like, kneeling in front of the king. Okay. Um, or, sorry, Link is kneeling in front of the king. Right. Zelda's standing, because that's her dad. <laughs> uh, but, like, if you look to Link's left, you'll see, like... Uh, you see, like, a, a white-haired woman from behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's wearing the hat that Impa wears... Hmm. Uh, in 
in Breath of the Wild. Specifically, like, it's kind of hanging off of the back of her, like... Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, I feel like a rev- uh, an easy reveal is that Impa... You'll get to meet young Impa in this game, and she'll be playable. I'm into that. Yeah. I like Impa. Yeah, Impa's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's ever been... And Impa in a Zelda game that I didn't like. <laughs> Impa's always one of the coolest characters mm-hmm. in in the Zelda franchise. Like, there's so many different Impas, and they're all fucking awesome. Yes. Impa in Skyward Sword was a bad <laughs> ass. Mm-hmm. She was a badass. Uh, and also, uh, Impa has an older sister hmm. in in Breath of the Wild called Pura. Okay. Uh, or Pura, maybe. Sure. Uh, Pura is um, in Breath of the Wild. She's like a scientist character. Okay. And uh, she looks like a six-year-old girl because of age regression bullshit. Okay. Yeah. Um. But uh, but she was actually in her twenties around the events of the mm. Calamity War, which she explicitly states, like in like <laughs> in like lore books and stuff. Maybe we'll see her transform into a six-year-old. We won't. <laughs> okay. We won't, because also explicitly her transformation into a six-year-old happens after uh, the events of the Calamity War. I see. Um, actually, like, yeah, she, uh, apparently she, uh, she turns six. <laughs> yeah, apparently that happens briefly before Link meets her in Breath of the Wild. I see. Yeah. So we actually see her as an adult. Okay. Uh, and she could do cool, like... Science shit. Science shit, yeah. yeah. Like, like wield, like, cool fucking Hyrulean technology and shit. I, I like or, that. Or Sheikah technology, yeah. Um, uh, and uh, this... So I, I think... I feel like she's likely. I feel like she'll at least show up in the story. I feel sure. like Impa's pretty much a lock. Another very likely character is uh, the key art of, of Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity has, like... What looks like an adorable, like little, like baby guardian, like a just uh, uh, like a white little like robot egg with okay. legs, uh, like kind of just like next to Link on the on like kind of the the official Age of Calamity art. Sure. So I feel like um, Pura will probably be in the game as someone that like reverse engineers the guardians mm-hmm. and makes like a cute like. A fucking cute baby one that fights on the side of good, and that that little baby, baby guardian will be a playable character. I like that. Yeah. Um, and it'll be it'll be great. There'll be a bunch of memes about it. I guess that means between that game and the later game, chronologically, it just fucking dies <laughs> at some point <laughs> because we don't see it in in uh. I mean, yeah, right. yeah. I'm assuming I, I have, still haven't played Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Um uh so so the rest of this is kind of like not as not as likely and kind of like kind of going out there and exploring what's possible considering the t- the timeline of Breath of the Wild, sure. right? That's what we do on this podcast. So a member of the Yiga clan I think could be playable. Okay. Uh in Breath of the Wild there's this faction called the Yiga clan that uh that ever since Link disappeared a hundred years ago, their mission has been to find and kill him. Sure. Um, and they've they were active and around during the Hundred Year War. Okay. Uh, in Breath of the Wild, uh, the leader of the Yiga clan is a guy named Koga, 
who has a pretty cool boss battle. Okay. Um, uh, and it's unclear whether he succeeded, like whether it, it, we don't know whether or not he was around a hundred years ago. Okay. He, he might be the current boss, but that doesn't mean he was the boss. So maybe Koga could be playable. Maybe Koga's predecessor right. who could be much cooler and more intimidating. Okay. Uh, could be in this game and unlockable as a playable character. Sure. Um, I like ninjas. Yeah. Me too. Um, in Breath of the Wild, there's a goofy dancing Korok with maracas named Hestu. Good. Uh, whenever you find Koroks, Hestu will give you presents and stuff. Uh, um, oh, right, right, yes. Yeah. And we have no idea how old Hestu is. Hmm. So maybe, like, trees live a long time. Yeah. So maybe a younger Hestu is around for the events of the Calamity War and can just destroy waves of enemies with his big maracas. Or maybe his dad, Hesto, will be there. Yeah, all right. So... I <laughs> oh, crack me up. Uh, so you're the only one who does. <laughs> That's not true. There's many Sean fans. Oh, yes. Here on A Smashing Theory. And we all repudiate you. Just <laughs> all three of you. Uh, so... Uh, also, the King of Hyrule is just in trailers for this game, right? Huh. Look, uh, like he's, yeah. You've you've seen the trailer, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have, but not since it it, it launched. Yeah, the, yeah. So the King of Hyrule is just looking very intimidating and cool. Maybe sure. he'll he'll pick up a bit big ass sword and help people fight. Sure. I also like kings with big ass swords. Um, there is. A fan favorite character in Breath of the Wild named Prince Sidon. Okay. Uh, he is a fucking sexy fish man. He's a big pink fish with big muscles. Oh, He's, yeah, uh, right. yeah. You've you've maybe seen pictures of him like flexing and smiling with like a twinkle in his teeth. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's that's Sidon. Um, and uh, and the internet fucking loves him. <laughs> uh, he is technically alive uh-huh. during the events of the Calamity War. So, if they really wanted to, they could make Sidon playable as a fucking baby. I like babies. <laughs> Do you like destroying waves of enemies as babies? I mean, really, the concern there is that if you got a game over, baby Sidon would be murdered. I, so. I mean, game overs you get in other games aren't, like, canon. <laughs> Well, but still, no, I don't, I don't, I just mean, in ter- I mean less in terms of a canon and more in terms of infanticide in a Nintendo oh, game. Oh, right, just, just a baby, well, they're, they're doing that baby egg. That's, yeah, yeah. Maybe they're doing the baby egg, although that's the robot. Right. That's a baby robot, so, like, <laughs> yeah, they could, <laughs> they could do it if they wanted to. Yes. Um, I, I think... I don't know how possible it is, but I feel it's like a a possibility. Sure. Um, and uh, there were playable villains in okay. Hy- in Hyrule Warriors one, so I feel like there will also be some in in Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. Sure. Like like the Yiga Clan, for example. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, like maybe they'll probably have to make up some cool villain characters because yeah. we don't know much about that time. Right. Um. But one one thing I hope they do is just make like a named Lionel character. Now, what is a Lionel? Uh, 
in Breath of the Wild and also in other Zelda games, but predominantly in Breath of the Wild, uh, Lynels are like, uh, they're centaurs, basically. Okay. And they are fucking hard as shit in Breath (laughs) of the Wild. They're like, each time you run into a Lynel, it's like a mini boss battle, like on its own. They're very intimidating. They they have like bows and arrows, and they just like they a Lionel like locks eyes with you and just fucks you up, right? <laughs> so it'd be cool if there's like a faction of Lionels like in the Calamity War, right. and you just fight. You there's just like a Lionel with a name that's the leader of those Lionels that you get to play as. I can get behind that. Yeah, I'd love that. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe just some other like like Zelda enemies that kind of got promoted into like leadership sure. roles with their own cool move sets. Yeah, no, I like that. Yeah. Ganon's got to have like lieutenants, you know, yeah. people out there fighting the war. Yeah. Yeah. And and of course Calamity Ganon himself. Right. Um in Hyrule Warriors 1, you could unlock the ability in a special game mode right. to play as as Ganon in his giant pig form <laughs> and like fuck out ways of enemies that way. So I feel like there will also be a play as Calamity Ganon mode, if sure. nothing else. Makes sense. And finally, of course, there's a the potential for non-canon characters. Right. Um, I don't, like, if there are non-canon characters, I don't really think they'll be present at this 50-minute, like... Right. They'll they'll just be unlockable as, like, bonus characters once you actually get the game. I was going to say, or my instinct would be, it's got to be DLC packs, right? Yes. Like, oh, the Twilight Princess pack. Here's yeah. Midnight. Here's Wolf Link. Yeah, that's my thought, too. Like... Like cool, like Breath of the Wild looking redesigns for right. for classic non Breath of the Wild Zelda characters released as DLC. That, yeah, that would be my guess. Yeah, uh, how likely do you think that is? Um, seventy five percent. Okay, I'm I'm down for that. Yeah, I think it's just I mean it's it's like a completely brainless way for them to make a lot of money. Yeah, and. It'd be so cool <laughs> to see like Breath of the Wild looking designs for oh, some sure. of these characters. Yeah. Put Groose in there. Who? Groose. Gro- put Groose in there. Yeah. Oh my god, Breath of the Wild Groose. <laughs> oh my god. Groose Groose is the most glaring omission from Hyrule Warriors one. Oh he, for sure. Yeah, he never showed up. Yeah. Like terrible. Yeah. Fucking terrible. Uh-huh. He's the best. Um Yeah. Oh, also, uh, a character they could use of dubious canon status <laughs> is uh, is Wolf Link. Right. Uh, in Breath of the Wild, if you scan the Wolf Link amiibo, uh, you will summon a Wolf Link that can run around like as your companion and help you fight. Okay. Uh, so... So maybe they would be able to justify Wolf Link's existence in the lore of Breath of the Wild and have hmm. that as a playable character. Okay. Otherwise, yeah, it's hard to tell whether even as DLC, Nintendo would want to kind of like sacrifice the like the immersion, the immersion. Yeah, yeah. like the yeah, like if they'd want to delegitimize the canon status of this of this war in any way. Sure. Um. But I, you know. I think non-canon characters with Breath of the Wild designs would be really fucking cool. Oh, yeah. So I, I hope that it happens. I'd understand if it didn't. Sure. I think that's fair. Uh, I guess let's uh, let's say they're they're doing a non-canon DLC pack mm-hmm. of like four characters. Okay. Uh, 
what what do you want that lineup to be? Midna, Skull Kid. Ooh. And then I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> they can put whatever two other characters <laughs> they want. Uh Groose. Yeah, know, thank, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. And then I don't care about what the fourth one is, I'll say. Um yeah, actually I, I do think Midna Skull Kid and Groose is like a good lineup that covers like Mm-hmm. a good like amount of zelda um hmm. let's see did twilight princess he did majora's mask he did skyward sword i didn't do ocarina of time but i don't know who i'd put in there oh like a goron who would fight like the goron that's already in the game yeah but the, the, yeah see that that'd be kind of redundant right no like, that's what i mean yeah oh yeah. oh i see yeah like i i don't really think there's an oot character that would fit yeah like darunia would be kind of um i guess you could just put like Sheik in there get some money <laughs> oh yeah that's true yeah uh i was actually wondering earlier if they're going to have like zelda fight as Sheik just uh, in the calamity war oh maybe there's no implication right that uh that zelda has ever been Sheik in the breath of the wild timeline but that may not stop them that might not stop <laughs> we'll them yeah i could absolutely see like an arc where where zelda decides to Right, like, like she has to disguise herself for some plot reason. Yeah, yeah, and then she gets like a new cool Breath of the Wild design for Sheik. I'm into it. Ah, oh, me too. That'd be really cool. <laughs> um, yeah. My my problem is that like my my entire DLC pack would be stacked with goofy ass characters <laughs> because that's what I love. Right. Right. It's like Groose, Tingle. Uh oh, I'd love to see Breath of the Wild Tingle. Yeah, Breath of the Wild Tingle would be cool. Um. Uh, bring back Marin from from Link's <laughs> Awakening, uh, and uh, and the the fucking kangaroo from Oracle of Seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually I was thinking just a second ago that if I could like have any fourth character, there's this witch character in Oracle of Ages and Seasons who you bump into for several side quests, and I would just want her in there. Oh. Like flying around on her broom casting spells. Oh, that'd be cool. Is is it Tracy? Is it Tracy from Link's Awakening? I don't remember. Ah, because like, because in uh in Link's Awakening Game Boy Advance, she's known as Crazy Tracy. Okay, maybe she could just be Tracy. Yeah. In uh in twenty twenty in twenty twenty yeah um I would just take a whole pack of Link's Awakening's characters. Yeah. Yeah. You would. Yeah, and I, and I would be in favor of that myself. <laughs> I'd be completely fine if the if the pack was like, yeah, just all Link's Awakening characters. I'm fine with that. Yeah, or like, or even just like, you know, like Link's Awakening characters as like weapons for like like Link could have like a bow wow weapon where he, <laughs> he's fucking uh-huh. just swinging the chain chomp around, right? Sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> or just just the girl's dad, but he's a raccoon. <laughs> I'm thinking of the raccoon, uh, actually. It's just a fucking raccoon. Just, like, all he does is just, like, <laughs> is just laugh his enemies as they leave the map. <laughs> That's his move. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, DLC packs also probably have, like, weapons for existing characters oh, true. and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, hopefully the weapon distribution is a bit less lopsided than, than yeah. Hyrule Warriors 1. That'd be nice. Because by the end of Hyrule Warriors 1... 
uh, several characters that, like, launched with the game still only had one weapon, Oof. and Link had, like, ten. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah. Well, Link is kind of a gadgeteer, so I guess that makes sense. He always yeah. has weird shit in his bag. Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes sense that Link has the most weapons, because historically, Link has had the most weapons. <laughs> right. But yeah, it made it feel a bit lopsided. Sure. Like, if you if you... If you like Link, that's great. But if you really wanted to play as uh, the Zora Queen, from, right? From uh, from Ocarina of Time, then and I often did. <laughs> you you had one weapon option for her. Yeah. What was that little magician OC girl that they made? What was what was her name? Oh, Lana, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't think she's going to be in this Hyrule Warriors. I was just struggling to remember i feel what like it's called i feel like she could be in it as like non-canon dlc i was actually. gonna say i think there's a non-zero chance yeah, yeah yeah just like as like a little nod kind of how like they like to put labrys in as many persona games as they can even yeah they do <laughs> even though she's you know her canonicity is dubious as hell i wish they'd put her in more me too she's great yeah play persona 4 arena guys and it, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. Yeah, just just play Ultimax. It's fucking good. <laughs> like, like if if you're really into experiencing the story of it, you can play Arena first. But mm-hmm. otherwise, Ultimax obsoletes it in every way. I was going to say, yeah, just play Ultimax and then watch Labrys' story arc on YouTube for the <laughs> original. Because it made me cry in real life. Yeah, it, it did. I mean, I wasn't there, but he's, he's mentioned this to me before. <laughs> <laughs> like... You're like playing the game and sobbing, and then it just pans over. And I'm like looking through the window. He's <laughs> like, "Yeah, cry, Sean." Uh, so aside from characters, there's a couple other things worth predicting mm-hmm. for uh, for Age of Calamity. Sure. Um, amiibo functionality is one. Right. Uh, so one thing they announced during the presentation, during the uh, or one thing they kind of announced after they announced Age of Calamity is that some of the Breath of the Wild amiibo, specifically the Guardian amiibos, mm-hmm. the amiibos of Daruk, Mifa, Rivali, and Urbosa, right. uh, which I own and they look fucking baller, yeah. uh, would get reprinted for Age of Calamity's release. Okay. And they didn't really elaborate on that, <laughs> but that seems to imply that mm-hmm. Age of Calamity will have amiibo functionality. Sure. Much like Hyrule Warriors One did, uh-huh. um, Hyrule Warriors One the amiibo functionality was very basic. You could uh, you could scan like up to three amiibos a day right. and get like rare weapons. Uh, there's a couple of specific amiibos you can uh, scan to get specific weapons. Like sure. if you scanned a Link amiibo, you'd get uh, the spinner from Twilight Princess. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like I feel like they could do. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Amiibo functionality has been more low key in the in recent years. Yes. So I feel it'll be something like, uh, like yeah, if you scan uh Daruk, Daruk's amiibo, you get his second weapon early, but right. it's still unlockable in the base game. Sure. If you put a lot of work into it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. My guess is something like that. Okay. Well, it's better than nothing, I guess. Yeah, I have a lot of Breath of the Wild amiibos. Oh yeah, well, so. you, you have a lot of amiibos. I yes, but a lot of Breath of the Wild ones specifically. Okay, like I have um, 
I have all four champions. Yep. I have the Breath of the Wild version of Zelda. Okay. I have the giant ass Guardian amiibo. Yeah, it's still in its packaging, I think, still, sitting on our bookshelf. Still in its packaging. It's got collector's value. Yeah. But if it has really fun functionality with Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, I might ruin that collector's value in an instant. <laughs> or just mash it in its box against your Switch in the hopes the the packaging prevents you from doing that. Oh, that's such horseshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the package like the packaging kind of has like a metal film on it that oh, like okay. that prevents you from scanning amiibos wow. through their boxes. Otherwise people just run to Toys R Us. With... Well, which doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> and scan. Yeah. Like especially like yeah, especially in twenty twenty, like people would just like head over like to a store with their switch and just scan a bunch right. of amiibos that are like still in their packaging at stores. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, I do think there'll be amiibo functionality. It's it's obvious that there will be. I wonder if this September they'll announce that there's going to be some new amiibo uh releasing alongside. It's entirely possible that I'm misremembering, but didn't Nintendo at one point say like we're going to stop doing amiibos? No. Okay. I don't know uh, where that came from then. Yeah, I I don't think they did. They might have said at some point that they're calming down with Amiibos, which okay. they have been. Yeah. But uh But I don't think they'd ever they'd ever said that we're straight up discontinuing Amiibos. For example, uh Smash Bros. Amiibos are still getting made. Right. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sakurai lets us know in every Smash uh-huh. Bros. presentation. By looking at a different place in his studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's one of my favorite, like, bits. One day he's just gonna, like, yank an amiibo out of one of his nostrils. Like, (laughs) he'll he'll run out of places eventually. I don't know if I'm gonna keep this in the episode because it's such an obscure reference. Yeah. But, like, it's not gonna be like, and now to announce the next amiibo. And then Griffin McElroy from the McElroy Brothers (laughs) walks onto the set and pulls, like, a, f- a fucking like a fucking like bilith amiibo out of his mouth <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty good griffin's amiibo corner yes. if you don't know what that is maybe you don't have to honestly <laughs> but it exists yeah i would also accept him crunching into a banana with the skin on and the amiibo being inside <laughs> good we good good griffin McElroy reference wink uh but I think if they did announce new amiibo, uh, Impa and Pura seem like they that people would want to buy those as amiibo. Sure, and just like a giant ass calamity Ganon amiibo <laughs> that's about the scale and size of the Guardian one. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'd I'd buy that shit and keep it in the box for several years until a game comes out that makes me want to tear it out of the box. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um. Finally, uh, multiplayer. I think they'll talk about the multiplayer a bit, and I just hope it doesn't suck. Me too. Uh, Two-player local multiplayer is confirmed, but they, but the website says, pass a Joy-Con to a friend. Right, which it, obviously doesn't bode well for us split-screen haters. Exactly, yeah. I'm, I'm worried that maybe they'll just be doing split screen again like be terrible yeah just uh just get just do the just do multi like have compatibility for multi-screen multiplayer like if yeah. you have if you have split screen multiplayer that's fine but please make multi-switch multiplayer an option right just like i mean that should be the standard yeah you know Re- really like no online multiplayer in a in a game releasing 2020 in the middle of a pandemic right. is just uh kind of a bummer really no, yeah like if 
I would say that in 99.9% of cases, if there is multiplayer in your game, it should be online multiplayer. Yeah, at this it's point, very it difficult for me to think. Of, yeah, yeah. But you, whenever, whenever a game with a significant multiplayer component comes out and it doesn't have online multiplayer, Nintendo made it. Yes, that is true. So <laughs> <laughs> no other company would dare. Yeah. Uh, I'm blanking on other things. I feel like there's other Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity stuff we could predict, but I'm blanking on what that would be exactly. It feels like a lot of the appeal would be the characters. Yeah. And, like, you can't really predict too much, like, stage-wise, mm-hmm. because, like, the the levels and stuff are going to be settings in Breath of the Wild. You yeah. Know? yeah Here's a question. Do you think the music will be good, or will it be what it was in Breath of the Wild? <laughs> oh <laughs> do you um, think they'll go back to that weird ass piano thing that doesn't fit with some of the game or do you think they'll just go all out and do orchestral i think we'll get cool actiony orchestral remixes of the tunes in breath of the wild that actually sounded like video game music nice i like that yeah i would also support modders making a patch that just puts that music in breath of the wild <laughs> yeah i do think the the weird piano guardian theme will get a remix right that, that sounds more more like you'd ex- more like you would want in a video game i'm into that yeah um i didn't hate the weird piano like like out of context like if you're listening to it in the soundtrack it's right. weird but no, as, i mean like as i was getting hunted down by guardians <laughs> it felt very fitting okay yeah to me, I guess this watching you get hunted down by guardians, I was like, this is beautiful, but I, you know, I, I wish that there were strings and like timpani drums yeah. involved. It, I, I really felt the tension of those fights and I, I, the, the, the slightly unnerving piano, like I think, I think contributed to like how anxious I got okay. when a fucking big ass tentacle metal monster was. I think it was mostly the lasers that made me anxious. The, I mean, the lasers contributed. <laughs> the, the lasers were a significant factor, <laughs> factor in that anxiety. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's fair. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> imagine, like, someone's, like, running after you with a gun that shoots <laughs> lasers that can burn your flesh. If alongside him there was a man on a piano <laughs> wheeling, like, just wheeling the piano, like, rapidly next to him going, tick, 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 tick. Wouldn't that not freak you out? <laughs> Yes, but not for the reason you're thinking. <laughs> not for any of the reasons you're thinking. <laughs> There's a whole lot about that scenario that would freak me out. None of it would have to do with the music that that man was playing. <laughs> he just like makes eye contact with you. <laughs> you better run. I honestly might be more scared of the piano than the guy with the laser. That thing could, like, bowl me over. <laughs> you know how heavy a Steinway is? <laughs> it's like a big-ass grand piano. <laughs> On, like, coasters. I know the piano's rolling down a hill. I can barely tink, 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 tink. That's like in Sonic Adventure, but instead of the truck, it's just <laughs> Dr. Dr. Robotnik playing a piano. Tink, 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 tink. I'll get you this time, Sonic. <laughs> you can't outrun momentum. <laughs> uh. <sighs> yeah, I th- I think 
I think the music will have more things you will like about that soundtrack than Breath of the Wild original. Good. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's, it's hard to imagine, like, big wide-scale battles without some cool battle music. I agree. All right. Uh, so, like, two or, th- like, basically two days after people hear this episode, we'll have more information. Yeah. So I, I guess you and I will react to it when that time comes. Okay. Uh... Okay, so yeah, with man, Age of Calamity got more discussion than I thought. Yeah, yeah, no, that uh, that uh, fit up a big chunk of time. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about Age of Calamity. I'm getting me too. It. Yeah, I yeah, know. I I I uh, I I would like to get it as well. We'll see. You know. Yes, that's <laughs> that. That's a good point. It's coming out like a week after like the new next gen consoles come out. Right. And like, I want both of them. <laughs> uh. So yeah, we'll see if. Maybe I'll wind up getting it first because I'm not buying two next gen consoles in November. Maybe, yeah. Like I might not even be buying one in November. Yeah, if I guess, yeah, I, I guess if Age of Calamity's multiplayer options suck, I'll probably still get it. But maybe I'll lower the priority of sure. when I get it. If if it has like multi-screen multiplayer and either you or amy is also getting it Mm -hmm. it would probably be you in that scenario amy was really burned on the warriors franchise after fire emblem warriors (laughs) that's not a blue chunks yeah uh but yeah if you end up getting it around when it launches and it has like multi-screen multiplayer it'll be really hard for me to not like get that game to launch that's fair okay i guess we'll report back in november i guess so so, the Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase 3 happened. Yes. Uh, it aired September 17th, 2020. An interesting thing about that, Sean, mm-hmm. is that we uh, we might have made some predictions about when the next one would be. Oh, do tell. After uh, after the last one aired in August. Uh-huh. I think you said something about uh, about it happening at a, in October and no earlier. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I might have mentioned that I think this is going to be a roughly monthly thing, and sure. uh, and that the next one would happen in September. Maybe cool. you guys said something along those lines. I don't know. So, what were the predictions <laughs> that we made when uh, on that occasion? <laughs> so, so, uh, so, yeah, um, it came out in September. Yeah, it actually. came out. It came out in September. Uh, I was, I was, I was. To be fair, I was kind of waffling between if we'd get the big Nintendo Direct this month, sure, and then a partner showcase in October. But I, I did say it would either be one or the other, like right, uh, like partner showcase in September, big Direct in October, or the other way around. Yeah. And so far, uh, partner showcase in September. Yeah. Um. So the predictions we made for that partner showcase included. An Apex Legends Shadow Drop, <laughs> uh, coverage of Bravely Default 2, uh, coverage of No More Heroes 3, mm-hmm. uh, Digimon Survive, Doom Eternal, World's End Club, and Sean specifically <laughs> said that Monster Hunter will not appear in any way, shape, or form, and he'd given up hope of any Monster Hunter-related announcement this year. They broke me. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, this w- this was like... At the end of Gladiator, when Caesar, like, stabs the guy and then makes him fight him. You know, I was, like, wounded out there. I was like, there's no way that I'm going to win. And then... 
And then, so, I guess, straight up, none of the things we predicted, <laughs> all of our predictions were false this time. Yes. We did really... I, I should say, if I'm remembering right, I said that Apex Legends wouldn't shadow drop because I didn't think it was ready yet. You did say that. So I guess that's one point for you. All right. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, none of our predictions came true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we did pretty good, like... For the last two partner showcases, right? Like, we got a couple things right in each of those. Now this one this, we just flunked. <laughs> this we got nothing right at right at all, including the things we said would not be there. Yeah. So <laughs> the presentation opened with a trailer for Monster Hunter Rise, and I have never been so happy to be wrong. Ah, <laughs> uh, that game looks so fucking good. It looks pretty cool. Um, like, uh. We've we've talked about Monster Hunter before, and yeah. actually, it's cool that I might kind of have a point here, uh, because we were kind of predicting what that game would be like, mm-hmm. and uh, and I said that I think the game would draw like more from Monster Hunter World, right? right? Um, and it looks like that's the case. Right? Yeah, Am they I, yeah. So um, they are definitely kind of doing the thing where instead of areas being separated into several small zones, just one big zone. Good. Uh, which is a carryover from World, and they also like it's it's difficult to tell exactly what's going on with the gameplay because you know obviously we we haven't seen a lot of it yet, right? But it looks to me like at least in terms of kind of traversal and stuff, it's not going to be you know as clunky as pre World games were. Cool. Like now you kind of have these new tools where you're like running up walls and shit, and it just it looks like they're kind of going even further in that direction than they did before. And you have like a grappling hook that can make you go up mountains and stuff yeah so it's i f- i forget what it's called but it's actually it's like a bug like a little sticky bug thing oh um and that's why you're able to kind of grapple to the air oh and then go forward it's, oh, all, it's okay. kind of like a double or triple jump system okay cool so it's kind of like those sticky hands they got when you were kids no yeah that's exactly yeah. what it is yeah and kind of similar to how in in Iceborne, they introduced this tool called the Clutch Claw that you let you like grapple onto monsters. Oh. Um, it seems to serve a similar functionality, okay. where you can like do attacks by like grappling toward a monster and then uh, hitting them as you're fleeing through the air, like that kind of thing. That's that's neat. Oh yeah, that's yeah. pretty neat. I I mean, just the the kind. It's really remarkable to me how far monster hunter has come in terms of movement and how quickly like kind of how recently that happened yeah like it was clunky for a decade you know (laughs) and and a half yeah and then world came out and it was much more fluid and now they they're just kind of improving that even more it seems to me so i'm I'm very excited yeah no it, it seems neat um you can ride dogs. Uh, yeah. The, the dogs are called Palamutes. Which is a great name. Excellent name. <laughs> uh, there was like five seconds of like a scythe in the trailer. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually wondering if that's actually like a like a switch axe or a longsword or something that just has a cool design. Okay. I'm not sure yet. Okay. Um, also, I'm, I'm adding some extra detail here because I watched the subsequent direct where they like kind of detailed some stuff and Daniel did not. Yeah, which I, yeah, I did not get to watch that. So, so go ahead. Uh, the Palamutes are essentially there they serve the kind of a similar function to palicos the right. cat characters but they're meant to be attack type whereas the palicos are going to be relocated to more of a supporting role oh. if you're in single player you can bring either one of each or two palamutes or two palicos okay in multiplayer everyone gets to choose one to bring nice yeah cool yeah yeah that's cool yeah 
<laughs> yeah, that's neat. Um, they they showed some new three new monsters, I think. Yeah, they showed some new monsters. Uh, there's like a weird like big old platypus thing. Yeah, I love that thing. Yeah, that thing looks cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it was really cool. And then there's kind of a big bird. Uh, yeah, that, that seems to have a lot of the attacks that like kind of bird wyverns like Yan Kutku have. Yeah, and like if you bring down its damage a lot, it summons Nuffleupagus onto the field to like help. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, the, the, I mean that's. That's what you'd expect from Big Bird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the third monster is called Magnamalo or Magnamalo. Magnamalo. Or, yeah. Um, Magnamalo. And it looks like it's kind of a, a dog wyvern type thing in the same way that... Uh, it's Solgaleo. It's just Solgaleo from Pokemon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll take I don't remember what Solgaleo looks like, but I'll take your word for it. it. It's a big fucking lion. Alright. Yeah, it's it's a big lion with kind of a sun motif. Magnamalo doesn't explicitly have a sun motif, but he got like sure. fiery stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he it's Solgaleo. So yeah, Solgaleo is coming. It's a <laughs> yeah. big crossover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, we 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 learned a lot, even just from that trailer. I've watched also plenty of analysis videos afterward, of course. Of course. And uh, I'm thrilled. I'm. Uh, it's coming out really soon, too. March twenty sixth, twenty twenty one. Yeah, I mean that that I was not expecting that. Yeah. So that's very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I um I played some world with you. Mm-hmm. We even have like a podcast documentation of me doing such a thing. That's true. And uh and yeah, I'm I'm interested in getting Rise. I think whether or not I pick up Rise might depend on um on if they've made any improvements to the way multiplayer works on your first playthrough of the oh, game. Oh, I really hope so. Yeah. I mean like yeah, like like World was the first game to really do kind of that level of multiplayer. Yeah. So I hope that that they've, was the growing pains. Yeah, and they worked learned. Out some kinks. Yeah. yeah, that that'd be really nice because like, like I'm sure that's gonna be a fun ass game. I just I can't like I can't do that again. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I, I I can't blame you for that at all. Yeah. Like for for context, what Monster Hunter World did was, um. Like, all of the monster hunts are are available in multiplayer, but if you're playing through the game in story mode for the first time, um, there are several monsters where, because cutscenes play when you find a monster for the first time, and uh, Capcom just didn't have any idea how to show that (laughs) cutscene to people that had already seen that cutscene, or just how to show that cutscene to multiple people that haven't seen that cutscene. Yeah. Uh maybe they yeah, like because yeah, they didn't know how to show cutscenes to multiple players in an instance of the game. Uh basically they they just did the shit where yeah, you can't players can't join you in the story mode of the game until after all of the relevant cutscenes have already played. So it would involve like Daniel doing a mission and then me and our friend and uh, former play this coast Max 
just like sitting in town yeah. and then eventually be like okay we watched the cutscene i watched the cutscene and then he'd like send up a flare we'd go in yeah it would take a while daniel might have already died once yeah horrible and like it got to the point where uh we're like Max and Sean uh, were just like, okay, well, we'll play ahead so that uh, so that we we don't do the thing that had already happened multiple times, where we all kind of have to like play up to the cutscenes of a monster and then log out of that fight <laughs> and then so go can, back and, in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like we'll just be ready for when Daniel gets to those cutscenes and then he can flare us in. Um, but then they had gotten so much farther than me that they'd show up like, <laughs> you know, that meme, uh, where like, uh, where like, there's, there's one picture of like a very like small, like wimpy looking dog. <laughs> yes. And then next to him is just like a fucking jacked, <laughs> like beefy dog. Yeah. 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 Like they, like <laughs> Sean and Max were the beefy dog coming into my game while I was still like wimpy dog. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And just like an- annihilating the monster that was supposed to be a challenge to me at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I really hope it's better than that. Yeah. That'd like, be really cool. Yeah. If if we could just all play through story mode at the same pace at the same time, uh, I'd, I'd love that. I think that'd be a wonderful experience, actually. Like, on the one hand, I mean, it just seems like common sense. Like, that was so poorly received. Yeah. On the other hand, they didn't fix that for Iceborne. And when people <laughs> complained, they were like, look, I know. We're sorry. Just deal with it. Like, <laughs> like the, res- the response was not what I would call a good customer service response. Right. Uh, so hopefully they don't, their stubbornness doesn't persist, you know, into this new game made in a new engine. Yeah, because uh, Monster Hunter has always like historically just since since the day the first monster hunter came out it has always been more archaic yes. than than other games of its time yes. like even monster hunter world made like dozens of incredible advancements for the franchise mm-hmm. still did some archaic ass shit oh for sure yeah uh so i i hope like but like ev- every time there's a new monster hunter game there are some advancements made so I hope the multiplayer thing is one of them. That would be great. Yeah. But uh but the game I was truly excited for got announced immediately after. Okay. Uh which was Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin. Yes. Uh, I was excited about this too. Yeah. Um a gorgeous story trailer was pretty much all we got in mm-hmm. the direct. I don't know if you got to see gameplay in the no. uh oh, boo. They, like the most of the direct was Monster Hunter Rise, and they were like, "Hey, also, uh, this is coming out. It's gonna be cool. See you later." It was <laughs> like five minutes of the presentation. Uh, I think we might see some stories too during TGS. That'd be cool. Which which will be next weekend. Yeah. Uh, like maybe we should have done like a TGS prediction episode. Now that I'm thinking about it, oh, but well. uh, yeah, uh, T- TGS lately hasn't been like a super bonanza of announcements anyway. So sure. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um. But, but yeah, uh, I I was very charmed by the original Monster Hunter stories and I yeah. was most mostly now looking back like I I think it kind of had the potential to be something more than yeah. it was. So yeah. this, here we are. This could be the exercise of that. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm excited because I was kind of in the same boat. I thought Monster Hunter stories one was really cute. Mm-hmm. I kind of got burned out on it partway in. Yeah. Um but I I did I did still kind of love what I played of it. Yes. Uh and uh and Monster Hunter Stories 2 seems to be like a direct sequel to Stories 1. It's not like kind of a 
it's not kind of like a new story in the same universe. It's like, yeah, they, they actually did reveal, uh, during the monster hunter direct that you are like the son or descendant of the protagonist of the first game. I thought so. I derived that from context. Wow. I don't know why I said bow. Wow. (laughs) Cause you're a puppy. (laughs) Woof. Uh, yeah. Like, they're, they were like, you know, it happened in this tribe and they were saying all this stuff like, it's no coincidence that you are the one to get this <laughs> right. rifle egg. And, uh, and this, you know, this, this cool girl character like goes up to this very big, very old looking Rathalos with a scar on uh-huh. its eye, which I'm pretty sure, uh, is the same scar that your Rathalos yeah, yeah. has in stories one. Ratha so, or Rathy or whatever Rathy, Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you see a very old, like, dying Rathy, like, pass on this egg. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah. Uh, kind of makes me want to play through Stories 1 <laughs> some more. Because uh, I, f- I feel also, like, Stories 2 is going to have, like, the kids and grandchildren of a bunch of Stories 1 characters. That, I, I would not be surprised. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah. Oh, I want to drink up that context, baby. <laughs> I drink it up. Ugh, never mind. I no longer want to drink it up. <laughs> uh, but that's coming out summer 2021. Very uh, cool. And I'm I'm pumped. Me too. Yeah, I'm, I've been kind of in the mood for, like, my Pokemon itch to be scratched by a game that isn't Pokemon lately. I feel that. Yeah. And, they're, I mean, we're getting a lot of upcoming Pokemon shit in 2021, actually. Okay. Like, uh... There's several games I kickstarted that should be getting 2021 releases, mm-hmm. uh, like Monster Crown, right? Uh, which is kind of this uh, this Dragon Quest monsters kind of Game Boy Color aesthetic, where like fusing monsters is a big part of the gameplay. Okay. Uh, there's Re Legend, which is kind of like uh, Pokemon meets Harvest Moon. Like Ooh. you main, you maintain a farm and and you ride you you ride monsters. That you can like hatch and evolve and stuff to go cool. and get ingredients and things. Good. Um, and of course, Temtem. Uh, of course. <laughs> okay, I thought more people would know about Temtem, <laughs> including you. Uh, Temtem, which is uh, which is a Pokemon MMO, basically. Okay. Uh, that seems to be very competently done. Like it focuses much more on the uh, on kind of the competitive strategic elements of of Pokemon games. Nice. Uh, and that's and all three of those are supposed to come out for Switch in 2021. Okay, yeah, you got some stacked Pokemon-esque shit happening. Yeah, now there's stories too. Now yeah. now stories too on top of that. And I think there's more shit. There's probably more shit. I'm only getting stories too out of those, but still. Oh, I'm I mean, I I already have backed the other three <laughs> things I talked about. Uh, and you might end up getting a copy of Re-Legend if you feel like it, because when I backed Re-Legend, I got, like, a four-pack. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Maybe I'll feel like it. Uh, God, yeah. No, it's gonna be a good year for Pokemon-style shit. Oh, yeah, the, we're still getting that, uh, that second expansion pack for Pokemon later this year. Oh, haven't, right! Haven't heard about that in a while. Yeah. Yeah, Crown Tundra. Right. And... Hopefully that will be good. Yeah, and oh, and there's also like rumors flying around that uh, Diamond Pearl remakes are happening in 2021. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever um actually play the Isle of Armor? I didn't. Uh, my my backlog's been bad lately. Yeah. Uh, there's been so many games I haven't gotten to play. Um, that I just own right now because you're watching all that Avatar. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. Da- Daniel and, and Amy Lee just finished a wa- another watch through of Avatar The Last Airbender, and then they jumped right into Korra. Yeah, we did. With no break. <laughs> there was a break. It, it, was, was, a, it was very brief. It was about a week. <laughs> very brief. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we watched through Avatar Netflix, and, uh, and apparently, like, I, I read something about how Korra's Netflix release has, like, a busted aspect ratio or a bad mm-hmm. frame rate or something. So we pulled our Blu-rays back out and we're, <laughs> and we're watching, we're watching it that way. We, Amy and I have both rewatched the first season so much that we just <laughs> leapt ahead to season two, yeah. which neither of us remember very well at all. Right. Um, but we're, we're doing that because Amy has never seen season three forward of Korra. Okay. Um, so maybe this time we'll, we'll actually get there. Korra's like, Avatar, Avatar and Korra are both good ass, good ass series. Yeah, very, no, they're very close to my heart. Love them yeah, a lot. They're but it's it's good stuff. Like yeah. I mean, obviously, I I had already watched and enjoyed Avatar. Yeah, and I've liked a lot of what I've seen in Korra. Yeah, um, I just got burned out when I was doing my initial watch through. Yeah, like Korra, like Korra, I've always like enjoyed, but held to like lower regard than Avatar, mm-hmm. and I think that's still the case. But uh. This this second watch through, like, really, uh, there's a lot in this watch through that I've appreciated more than before, sure. I think. I've really been, uh, one thing that I think has really impressed me is the world building. Yeah. I love the kind of, like, roaring 20s Avatar world oh, yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. That's just great. We, we just, the three of us just watched an episode last night featuring Two-Toed Ping. Yes. Who's uh, <laughs> <laughs> just an incredible character. He's just like this this mafia yeah. doofus, basically. <laughs> like... Like uh, like Mako and Asami, uh, this edge this edgy fire boy and 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 Asami who is like for, kind of a non bender who has gadgets. Yeah, non bender with yeah yeah yeah. Those are like they're they uh, they both kind of commissioned the the triple threats like the bending mafia to to help them do the stakeout. Right, and they're still like it's like okay. And now everyone needs to be quiet and not say anything. And two and two toed thing is like, yeah, yeah, being quiet is a good idea, especially when you're doing an ambush, which is what we're doing right now, and which is what I do every day. I love ambushes. He also tells this incredible story later about how he's called Two Toe Ping because he has twelve toes. Yeah, but Twelve Toe was already taken as a nickname. Yeah, Twelve Toe Ping. There's already Twelve Toe right, Ping right. in the North Side or something. So yeah. That's why I'm called Two Toe. Yeah, he's, he's incredible. He's my favorite character in Korra. Actually, I've decided. Yeah, that yeah, that does sound like a Sean decision <laughs> of of a favorite character. Yeah, yeah, Korra uh, is Korra's great. I'm looking forward to finally getting to season three and showing. Showing people season three. Did I miss the stupid episode about the first Avatar? That's that's an X. Shit. <laughs> also, by the way, one of the most critically acclaimed episodes of Korra. That's why I stopped watching. <laughs> I just wanted to find out more about what is happening in normal times. <laughs> I don't want to watch some some kid hopping around with animals. <laughs> that's the <laughs> That's so much of Avatar One. But this was the bad kind. <laughs> Uh, it's just a two-parter, and then and then we'll and then you and Amy both will get to experience a new story. After I'll that. just put my headphones on during it and watch like a history documentary or something, and then just check back in. After it's over. <laughs> You're watching a history documentary about like the first Avatar. <laughs> 
anyway, uh, fuck. What what were we talking about? Uh, I said you said that you hadn't gotten as far. Oh, you're right. Oh yeah, right. Your yes. backlog, and then I was right. like, it's because yeah. you watched all the Avatar, and then we <laughs> talked for twenty minutes or whatever about Avatar. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, like the because we are who we are. And we nothing are. Will change yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that's that's pretty unrelated to my backlog being so big though because like <laughs> and i was just saying a funny thing yeah because because yeah that's that's the thing i do with amy and like the stuff on my backlog is stuff i would do on my own right um yeah it's it's mostly just because like i'm working overtime on my fucking pandemic job and uh yeah yep it's the it's it's been a lot and energy to play video games has been low but uh i've been motivated lately i guess we'll talk about that shortly all right uh but yeah summer 2021 right i'm I'm excited monster hunter stories too yeah so then they showed some other stuff uh that you know um that's less my thing overall Mm -hmm. i i want to say though like this is like this is the closest to like a good partner showcase <laughs> that like they've gotten, you know, like yeah. the other two have felt like underwhelming for various reasons. The first one didn't have a montage. The second one ended with a montage that was boring. Yeah. Um, but this one, I think like hit all the notes I want to see out of a partner showcase. Right? Yeah. So then they announced uh fitness boxing two rhythm and exercise. Yeah. Uh, new instructors with customizable outfits. Uh, there's a clock and uh and you can turn off boxing i have the first one yeah and i got it with the intention of it being my quarantine fitness routine yeah since then i have played it three times Ooh. uh and i like, thought i noticed a new uh peck over there oh yeah i've got so many pecs under all this fat <laughs> um but oh. no i uh I've been meaning to play it more, especially lately, because I felt particularly unhealthy being stuck in my apartment since March. Right. But it's also, like, hard work. <laughs> and so summoning the motivation has been difficult. But but I'm I'm excited. Like, the new features in Fitness Boxing 2 seems like it might be make it a little bit easier for me to make it a routine. So oh. hopefully that's the case. Okay, nice. Yeah. Yeah, December 4th, 2020. Uh, Disgaea 6, Defiance of Destiny. Yeah. Uh, got announced. Uh, protagonist is a zombie that becomes stronger the more he dies. Cool. Uh, max damage is in the quadrillions <laughs> in this game. It also looks to me like it it's the first fully 3D Disgaea, I think, because they were showing like the prior one and that was, you know, had 2D sprites. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's coming out summer 2021. It's going to be a Switch exclusive. And as you mentioned, they showed a bit of Disgaea 5 mm-hmm. because Disgaea 5 Complete will be playable for free for a week. Uh, the 23rd of September through the 29th of September uh, for Nintendo Switch online members only. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that that is cool. Like, yeah, not, I I have never really delved into the Disgaea franchise. Yeah. And it, it seems like, it seems just too dense for me to get into at this point. You know what's funny is that I love games that have a lot of content, but the scope of those games intimidates me. Yeah. Like, being able to get up to, like, level 99,999 and then go back to level 1 and get back up to level 99,999 with better stats than you had before. Oh, God, that's, like, yeah. going into items and improving them by grinding through randomized dungeons. Like, that is insane. Yeah. The people who do that, I, you know, appreciate you, <laughs> but I can't do what you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it does, like, it seems like a lot. It seems like a lot, and it seems, like, rewarding for people to get into that. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, whew, not... 
Not right now, just case <laughs> sake, sorry. Uh, they showed a trailer for Empire of Sin that just kind of cut off yeah. weirdly at the end and didn't show a release date. It uh, also didn't look very good. Um, I, I don't think. Like, I think it looked fine. You know, top top down. Or yeah, I guess it would be more accurate to say that it's not my thing. Right, yeah. Like, uh, like the setting seems cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of kind of mafia, roaring 20s. Maybe two-toed ping is an unlockable character. <laughs> and I guess they commissioned somebody to sing a theme song for it. Because at the end, you know, the woman went like, Empire of Sin! Yeah. So, you know, good for them. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, Empire of Sin! <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> like, yeah, they cut. Um, yeah, apparently it's coming out December 1st. Okay. Uh, Sniper Elite 4 coming out holiday 2020. It's Sniper yeah. Elite 4. If you like snipers. It's, yeah, it's coming out for the Switch. There it is. Yep. Uh, then they did a little montage. Yeah. Uh, they showed The Long Dark, which is a first-person survival game. It shadow-dropped. Yes. Uh, then they showed PGA Tour 2K21. Uh, a physical copy that was coming out September 25th. It's a golf game. Yeah. And... Uh, then they showed a Hades, a yeah. game that we talked about an episode or two ago. Uh, it's Super Giant Games, mm-hmm. uh, the creators of uh, Bastion, Transistor, and Pyre. Right. Uh, Pyre being one of my favorites. Yes. Uh, it's their new game, which is a, uh, you know, a top-down uh, action RPG roguelike yeah. uh, deal uh, that Shadow dropped mm-hmm. that day. Very cool. I bought it. And I've I've basically been spending all of my free time on that <laughs> game since. Uh like It seems very cool from what I've seen of you playing it. Oh my god, it's it's great. Yeah. Hades is great. Like uh the the aesthetic, the storytelling, mm-hmm. uh the dialogue, the 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 lore that they sprinkle in, like to kind of kind of subtly in like every corner of the game. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, it's it's all like really great, really engrossing, really incredible. Um, and that, that roguelike kind of gameplay loop of like kind of that permadeath, like, okay, like you lose a lot of resources, uh, on this run, but there's resources you hold on to that you can kind of spend to kind of make subsequent runs better or different. Sure. Um, and of course you get like random, random boons and stuff from different Olympian gods. Which is great. Yeah. I uh, love the little, like, every time you get one, like, the god will, like, quote something at you, like, say something to you. Yeah. And they're all kind of very snappily written and in character. Yes. Oh, man. Um, I think that, you know, um, if you already have an appreciation for Greek culture, there's a lot of cool little nuggets that they put in there. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And of course, Daniel and I being theater kids, you know, I uh-huh. mean, we had an entire year of our schooling practically that was devoted to that. So, yeah. Oh, so man. yeah, I, 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 I thought I was getting tired of Greek settings in video games, but I, I mean, I've enjoyed, you know, what I've seen of it so far. I think this might've came out at the perfect time because <laughs> there's, there's been kind of a break, you mm-hmm. know, like right like after god of war after that assassin's creed game yeah like god of war and assassin's creed like everyone like was trying to pile onto the popularity (laughs) of those and do their versions of that yeah and it was it was kind of like too much greek stuff there was too much there was so much that god of the war was like actually we're going norse now (laughs) fuck fuck greek we're going norse there's too much greek yeah but uh and now Assassin's Creed is going Norse. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that is interesting, actually, yeah. now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Maybe um, it's because of Thor. 
Maybe it is because yeah. of Thor. The yeah. Marvel Thor, I should say. Right, yeah. Just because of Thor, the god. <laughs> yeah, well, you yeah, know, he like he's, walked he's over to Ubisoft. He's like, I have Thunderbolts. Make video <laughs> games. Buy my games. <laughs> I don't have any games yet. Zeus has like three games. Make me games. <laughs> or you'll die. Lightning. Oh, oh okay, Thor. Thanks. Yeah. Uh,. Yeah, uh... <laughs> that was a really good voice for the horrified game dev agreeing to make a game for Thor. <laughs> okay, Thor. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd, you know, sure. Yeah, save me. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... yeah, uh, like it feels like it's been a while since we've we've mm-hmm. had that Greek oversaturation, so it's all kind of refreshing here. <laughs> and it, it's such cool it's such a cool take on all of this Greek stuff. They do a really good job with it. Yeah. I think they uh you know, I think the temptation when you're doing Greek gods is to make them really like, Oh yes, I Zeus, blah blah blah. But yeah. But I think that something that, you know, worshippers of the gods at the time kind of valued is that the gods were very human in a lot of ways and flawed and i yeah. think that hades you know has a way of treating them almost casually that is very refreshing yes yeah, yeah. uh no the 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 greek gods as characters are all pretty cool yes have have like great like entertaining personalities mm-hmm. um yeah god i <laughs> Like I kind of just want to play it more once we're done recording. <laughs> uh, I I got I got to I got to the like the final boss. Yeah. Uh, for the very first time, like right before we recorded, and did pretty well. You know, yeah. considering. Yeah. You kind of went into that fight without as many resources as you really needed. I, I, I think. was yeah I was really low on health and like, uh, and yeah I I just went in going like okay I'm gonna die against this boss and <laughs> I I got like yeah. I knocked down that boss, like, I got that boss's, like, health bar down to, like, a third. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pretty um, close. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, like, the, yeah, it's it's super addictive and fun. Like, mm-hmm. that, that loop of, like, getting just a little farther on every <laughs> run and getting, like, more resources to make, to make you able to go a little farther on the subsequent runs and getting new weapons that you can try out and being able to upgrade those weapons. And I just generally really like kind of roguelike games that also have sort of a backbone of progression. Yeah. Right. Like you're quote unquote starting each run fresh, but you, you're kind of, yeah, kind of just amalgamating, you know, resources as you go. Yeah. So that you're a little bit more powerful with each subsequent journey. That's a very cool loop. Of yeah. Gameplay. Yeah. You know, it's like, like, it, like twenty twenty one is gonna be the year of Pokemon games. Twenty twenty has been the year of roguelikes. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like we got one step from Eden at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. right? We got Hades just now. Yeah. There, there's been some other like Star Renegades. I'm pretty sure right, has kind of that right. progression, right? Um, Spelunky two just came out. Yeah. Uh, the kind of one of the fathers of <laughs> of of indie roguelikes, mm-hmm. like obviously not roguelikes well, proper, but like right, yeah, yeah. It's kind of one of the first games to kind of take roguelike gameplay and do a new thing with it, right? Yeah, as and opposed then, to just like you know net hack clones, as it were. Yeah, and then yeah, like after that, like since then. <laughs> There have been all these devs doing like new things with like the roguelike uh, oh, yeah. formula and, and pattern. Yeah. Um Yeah. I, cause I've I've actually been thinking of of like 
you know how every year for game of the year we have like a kind of a, a silly category like best cat or whatever right i i kind of almost want to do just best roguelike okay that's cause cute because there's so many but since I'm sure each of our actual game of the year lists will have at least one roguelike on them. It feels redundant. <laughs> sure, that's yeah. Fair. Um, yeah, yeah. Hades is cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, I would absolutely recommend if if you're like if you're looking at it and you're even kind of interested. Uh, and then the montage stopped, and they showed more. They did more like yeah. They did more of their usual presentations. Uh. Starting with Bayland Wonderworld. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they just showed more of that game. We've talked about it in a previous pod. It's Yuji Naka's new game that he's working on alongside uh, one of the co-creators of Sonic. Right. Uh, and, um, boy, he, he really misses working on Knights <laughs> and Billy Hatcher. Because yeah. it's, kind of, it's kind of like a weird mix of both of those games. This is a really interesting game to be published by square enix yeah uh i i somehow i didn't realize that that was the case but that's it's like so far out of their wheelhouse yeah that the whole time i was watching it 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 almost made it more interesting to me yeah um but uh but yeah that that looks like a fun game yeah square enix has been like diversifying their profile so much that i hope this just like like culminates in like 2027 with like (laughs) With like a Square Enix versus Capcom or something. <laughs> That'd be great. Right? Where like, yeah, where like you have like several or even just Square Enix crossing over with themselves where you just have like a bunch of Final Fantasy characters squaring off, but then Bayland from Bayland <laughs> Wonderworld slides in and then Max from Life is Strange. Laura Croft. Laura Croft yeah. just drops down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd be into that. Yeah. The the protagonist of Hitman just kind of sheds a single teardrop because he's not invited anymore. <laughs> Because the the Hitman franchise got disconnected from Square Enix, Square right. Enix did own like, Hitman. Like spun off, yeah. yeah, yeah. But then, uh, then they gave up IP rights because it wasn't making them enough money or whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah, it looks like a like a cool little platform game. I'm still interested. Yeah, me too. Uh, and uh, yeah, March twenty sixth, twenty twenty one. It was funny. It was when uh when they showed, like. March 26, 2021, flashed on the screen, and then mm. the narrator said, Bayland Wonderworld is coming out spring 2021, <laughs> right? And he, he said the date out loud for all the other ones. Uh. So it makes it, like, it makes it feel like... Like, Sega figured out their release date right under the wire. Like, <laughs> right. they were literally, like, printing, like, you know, they were literally, like, putting together the final edit, and the guy had already recorded his uh-huh. line. But they're like, no, it's March 26th, and he put in the... It's like, yeah, okay, fine, we'll put in the thing. But the guy can't say it anymore. I lost my voice. <laughs> you have to pay me 500 more dollars if you want me to say March 26, 2021. <laughs> oh, if only voice acting worked like that. <laughs> yeah, if only. <laughs> uh, then they showed Rune Factory 5. Looks like a Rune Factory game. It's it's a Harvest Moon style game with action RPG gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh you can do team attacks now. Yeah. Um No, and... I've I've always been intrigued by Rune Factory, but it's one of those series where like I have other stuff going on. I can never really justify getting it. Yeah. But maybe that will change. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I have yeah, I have been intrigued by Rune Factory games generally. Mm-hmm. Uh although uh my fiance Amy Lee also watched the trailer and uh and to quote her, she says 
if Rune Factory 5 doesn't have gay options, then what is even the point? <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and you know, like, I feel like if Fire Emblem can have gay options, then it'll be kind of sad if Rune Factory doesn't. For sure. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think actually I'd be kind of disappointed if, like, Rune Factory 5 comes out. I, I wouldn't be surprised, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would feel regressive. Yeah, yeah. Be Even kind of, for Japan at this point. Exactly. Yeah, it'd be kind of a bummer. Um, uh, that's coming out 2021. Just a yeah. vague little 2021 for you. And then they did their one more thing, and their one more thing was a shadow drop of Ori and the Will of the Wisps, the yeah. sequel, uh, the second Ori game. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they showed a gorgeous-looking trailer, like... A, like that that game still looks really good on the switch yes and uh and yeah it's, it's getting a really cool looking physical collector's edition soon not sure when <laughs> but uh, you know right that'll come out at some point and uh and yeah nintendo keeps getting switch ports of microsoft owned ips yeah interesting yeah um i i think i think that's I think that's great. Like, me too. Yeah, like that wasn't the most exciting announcement of the direct for me, mm-hmm. but I, I think like it absolutely deserved to be the one more thing. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, it's 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 cool. It's really cool. And I think it just shows like it's just another indicator of what a success the Switch has been. Yeah, that like Microsoft is like, we want that Switch money. You know, yeah. like put yeah. our games on your console, please. Right. It's like okay, no, like this. <laughs> This is the kind of game that would make more money on the Switch than on our console. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh No, it's it's great. Um I'm happy that Ori's on there even if I'm not necessarily getting it for the Switch. Like if I were to play the Ori games, I'd I'd do them on Xbox Game Pass. Right. You and your Game Pass. I almost went a whole episode without mentioning it. But then here it is. Here it's, it is. It's inevitable. <laughs> it's like the tides. Welcome to a smashing Game Pass. <laughs> Welcome to a Game Passing Theory. <laughs> uh, the exclusive Game, game Pass. Game Pass podcast. <laughs> I'm Game Pass Sean. <laughs> and I'm just Daniel. Hey. Uh... So, uh, so yeah, that was all of them. Uh, the narrator again said, although he said this at the beginning of the direct, not the end, mm. he said more videos from this series will be released this year. Okay. Uh, so when do we think the next one will be? Whenever you think it will be. <laughs> uh, this one I'm kind of torn on because I could see it continuing to be monthly, right? Mm-hmm. I could see us getting another one in October. Sure. Um, I I wonder if they would want to do one in November so that it'll hype it up for Christmas. Yeah, uh, I, d- I don't know, because, like, yeah, I guess they could, but anything that gets announced or shown in November probably isn't releasing before Christmas. Okay. At least, like, you know, I'm sure there'll be a shadow drop here and there, like, digitally. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, if they're doing a presentation in November, they're probably not going to be able to print physical copies of that game uh, before the end of the year. Right. Um, and particularly not before Black Friday. Right. Um, so I'm actually thinking uh, that we'll get another partner showcase in October. Mm-hmm. And then in November, we'll get a big juicy Nintendo Direct. Ooh, juicy. Uh, with basically their slate of 2021 games. Cool. 
Um, that's the uh, that that's the current thought, but I could also see uh, October big direct, November partner showcase. Sure. Um, but I think I'm leaning towards a partner showcase in November that'll basically have uh, most of the games we thought would be at this one, <laughs> um, which were again. Uh, Apex Legends. Yep. I do think, yeah, I do think there's going to be an Apex Legends Shadow Drop at a partner showcase. Okay. I don't know if it's the next one. I don't know if it's the one after that, but I, like, I, it's happening. An Apex Legends Shadow Drop is happening at a partner showcase. That makes sense. Maybe even the, maybe that would even happen during, like, the proper direct. Sure. But, like, yeah. Uh, An Apex Legends Shadow Drop during a direct, Uh whether it's a mini or a real one, uh, it's inevitable. Okay. Uh, Bravely Default 2, I think we'll see to the next one. I sure. I just keep thinking we'll see it, but like, <laughs> you know, where is it? <laughs> uh, no More Heroes 3 actually got a, just an unceremonious announcement <laughs> that it was delayed to 2021, right. like a day after we recorded that last prediction. Yeah. Um. So I don't think it'll be there this time. Sure. I do think Digimon Survive will be at the next one. All right. Um, and I think Doom Eternal will be at the next one. Mm-hmm. Maybe not necessarily World's End Club. Okay. I I think that was... I think I was just kind of grasping for things that would be announced. <laughs> um, I think that uh, we won't get a new Monster Hunter game. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> uh, in terms of uh, other predictions, I'm just going to bring back... Um, I'm going to bring back one from previous predictions that I dropped and that's Disco Elysium. Ah, uh, yes. Um, cause, uh, yeah, Disco Elysium hasn't said, uh, like they, they said a while back that their console releases are going to happen in 2020 mm-hmm. and they haven't like delayed it. Right. Yet, so I think maybe we're running out of time. So. Yeah. So I think maybe they'll, they'll bring that up. I think maybe a, a Disco Elysium shadow drop at the next partner showcase could be a thing. Cool. Um, I was thinking maybe Bayonetta three, but maybe maybe not still. Maybe, maybe Bayonetta yeah. three. Maybe Bayonetta. <laughs> uh, and I uh, like they've they've shown now that partner showcases have the potential mm-hmm. to uh, to like have like brand new, sure, uh, exciting announcements uh, that are kind of like bigger scale. So I think. Uh, I think the next one will have some kind of new Square Enix announcement, whether it's like some hmm. port of an old game sure. or uh, or something. Yeah, yeah, the, All right. yeah, something from Square Enix will be in the next partner showcase. Cool. And Sega will also be there somehow. Ooh, maybe Sonic. All right. Yeah, yeah, I'm in favor of that. Yeah, we haven't heard from Sonic in a while. Um. Sonic Mania 2. Hmm. I don't think so. Okay. Because uh, I I think I think the developer that made Sonic Mania like became their own dev studio and like kind of split off from Sega. Ah, uh, okay. And maybe they got commissioned to make sure. Sonic Mania 2, but yeah. yeah. Uh like Sonic's 30th anniversary is coming up and they said they'd be celebrating it. Right. Um so A, maybe those announcements will happen independent from Nintendo. Sure. Uh, but B, I, yeah, I think Sonic announcements are coming soon regardless. Sonic Generations 3, but it's good. Do you... 
Do you think that there was a Sonic Generations too? Well, I mean, the, the it, kind of. It's not Sonic Forces was yeah. was basically, basically Generations, Generations two, two, but bad. Yeah. yeah. Um. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I have no idea what they do for a Sonic announcement, honestly. But I hope it's cool. A mediocre three D Sonic that no one asked for. <laughs> I feel like that's the most likely, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I do think the partner showcase will be cool. They've been getting cool. This was a cool partner showcase. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, obviously. Yeah, now like I'm, I'm Monster Hunter man. Yeah, like yeah, the biggest announcements were at the very beginning, and there was nothing really mind blowing after that. Yeah, but there was some good stuff. God, some... can you imagine how I would have lost my fucking mind if the one more thing was Monster Hunter Rise? <laughs> <laughs> I would have like cried in the office as I had that streaming while I was doing paperwork. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, front-loading it was completely fine with me, but yeah. Like, yeah, no, shit. yeah, you would have lost it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, let's open some listener mail. Ugh, plunk. I gotta set the mail bag down here, open it up. Shoop, 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 shoop. Yeah, let's see what we got. Next, next out, I'm just gonna start reading the listener <laughs> mail without prompting you. You'll never be prepared enough. <laughs> I'll always have this time. <laughs> Unsaxon51 on Twitter says, As per usual, Nintendo already beat you to the punch a little with the announcement of Hyrule Warriors Calamity, which fits in well with the pre-prediction about Zelda 35th Anniversary. Hmm. On a related note, though, I wonder if they're going all in on the anniversary celebrations and are holding back Metroid Prime Trilogy and possibly Prime 4 hmm. until 2022 for that 35th anniversary. Oh, I would understand that, but it would make me sad. Yeah, I mean, uh, which is what Unsaxon Fifty One says. I that that wasn't me saying that. Right, right, right. Yes, said, yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks, Unsaxon. Thanks, Unsaxon. I would hope they're not doing that. I mean, I I don't really understand why they would, aside from like a strict adherence to the anniversaries rule. I think actually, uh, Prime Four and Prime Trilogy in twenty twenty two is absolutely happening. I or, or to put it another way, I I think that's definitely possible, but I don't think that that being Metroid's anniversary is the prime mover for why. I think it's probably just like trouble with the development and things like that. Yeah, I, I think the, the anniversary thing will be a factor, but okay. I think it's I think it's also that that game won't be done until 2022. Yes, that's more what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that game won't be done until 2022, but they're also aiming right now to have it done on the 22nd for the anniversary. Like, okay. I, I think it's kind of a... It's, uh, it's the koi fish in... <laughs> It's it's the koi fish from Avatar. They're they're yin and yang, <laughs> right? I right. See. They're just swimming in a circle, and, uh-huh. and one part of the circle is is the anniversary, and the other part is the development time. All right, but my feeling is that one koi fish is really really big, and the other one's really really tiny. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. I, I I do think that it's yeah that that it's uh equal is the wrong word, but I think that basically uh they were like okay uh. We're, we have our we have our development like schedule for Metroid Prime Four, and depending on the w- the way we pace this, we could have it done anytime between twenty twenty one and twenty twenty three. And Nintendo's like twenty twenty two, make it twenty twenty two. We're gonna do it for Metroid's anniversary. Like I think that's kind of okay. Yeah, like so we'll we'll get a game that's a bit beefier than than a rush 2021 release mm-hmm. but a game that maybe is has, not as beefy yeah a, a game that has its 2023 features releases dlc right 
Yeah. The multiplayer gets released as 2023 <laughs> DLC. Ah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think... I think Metroid, like, I think Metroid Prime Trilogy will be released more around the beginning of 2022 mm-hmm. or like mid 2022. And then we'll get that, uh, that Prime 4 for fall 2022. Okay. And maybe, like, maybe they'll toss in a new Metroid, like, 2D game somewhere in there. I would love that. I Either a brand new one or a remake of an old one. I really miss Metroid 2D. Me too, D. Yeah. Me too, D. Hey. You my that's, D. That's not, my, my... That's not what my name starts with. <laughs> Your middle name starts with that. That's true, but I don't go by my middle name. Start... Imagine how confusing that would be. If we both if you were by... Daniel, then I was like, I'm Sean, but call me Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, luckily there's multiple permutations of Daniel, you know. I, I could be Daniel, you could be Dan. Yeah. Uh yeah, th- thanks on Saxon. I do think, I do think that Metroid anniversary stuff is going to be kind of relegated. Yeah, I, okay. I yeah, I, I think we won't really get much Metroid stuff until twenty twenty two. But then we'll get a decent chunk of it, and that'll, right. that'll be nice, nice and cozy. Um, <laughs> cozy Metroid. Yeah, it's. I'm still actually a little surprised that uh we're just kicking off like, like Zelda. Like they could have saved. Hyrule Warriors 2 to like start the Zelda, mm. Zelda 35 with, but uh, that's Hyrule Warriors true. Mm. <laughs> uh, you just did some shit like that, yeah, exactly. Now there's too much of it, Sean. Uh, <laughs> Look at what you did. I'm Hyrule Warriors through with this podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, up next, thanks on Saxon 51. Yeah, thanks. Garrett D on Facebook says. Mm-hmm. Deltarune and Hollow Knight fans died so Monster Hunter fans could live. <laughs> Sean, can you explain the appeal of Monster Hunter? <laughs> I suppose it boils down to small thing take down big thing, but is it similar to any other series? What does this have to do with Undertale? <laughs> uh, so, I think what Garrett is saying is that a lot of people are anticipating that maybe because the partner showcase was happening... So close to the anniversary of Undertale uh, that there might have been some kind of Deltarune I see. announcement or shadow drop, which did not happen. Uh, Toby Fox uh, made a a development update saying that uh, Deltarune Chapter 2 is pretty far along and he hopes to have like the, the pre-porting, pre-bug testing, pre-translation hmm. uh, part of the game done uh, before the end of the year. Okay. But that means we probably won't see the game until uh like early 2021 or just sometime in 2021. I see. I have a feeling actually that uh here here's a prediction that's a ways off. All right. Uh February or March 2021 Nintendo Direct Deltarune Chapter 2 Shadow Drop. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll have to keep that in mind. I'll yeah. have to add that to my calendar or something. <laughs> yeah, add it to your <laughs> calendar. Make a spreadsheet. Um, so I guess to just address the two halves of Garrett's uh, question. Oh, also, uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song is in development, and maybe he thought that that would get some kind of Shadow Drop, too. I see. Because it's been in development for a while, also. Okay. Okay, so go on. 
Uh, so first of all, Garrett, uh, if you weren't already aware, you might be pleased to know that I'm doing a Let's Play of Undertale on my YouTube channel right now as one of our incentives on our Patreon. Oh, man. So our, our Patreon shit's just popping up all over the place these yeah, days. Yeah, like mushrooms. Check out my Deltarune mushroom. <laughs> I mean, my Undertale. I don't want to look at either of those mushrooms. No. Yeah, anyway, I mean, if you haven't checked that out, definitely do. You'll, yeah. you'll never find a more dispassionate person playing the game. <laughs> than i um yeah it's youtube.com slash rechief and yes he's, uh, he's uploading new episodes every tuesday and thursday yeah and it's thanks to you guys yeah. helping us pass a 200 dollar milestone on the patreon.com slash beep boop group yeah otherwise my youtube channel would be continuing to collect dust now it's getting just enough activity that I'm getting emails from YouTube that are like, great job. Here's your engagement. You got three <laughs> likes. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, A, that. B, yeah, that's essentially the draw of Monster Hunter. You kind of start off with like a stick and cloth covering yourself, like very kind of piddly, pathetic armor. You defeat your first monster, you harvest materials from them that you use to make better weapons and better armor, and so on and so on, until you have fought all the monsters in the game. Um, if that, if if the kind of appeal of, you know, kind of action RPG combat and then also just intense grinding seems like something that would be up your street... I'd say definitely check Monster Hunter out, but it's not for everyone, as Daniel can attest. It's sure not for <laughs> everyone. Yeah, um, the, the the monster fighting can be pretty pretty fun and pretty intense, uh, but I wasn't a huge fan of the grinding. Like, yeah. the, the part of the game where you have to fight one monster 20 times to get its <laughs> armor so you can fight the next monster, like, that, like... Uh, I did get to a point where I really liked one armor set so much... <laughs> I did get to the point where I really liked one armor set so much that uh, that I found it worth it to fight that monster over and over. Yeah. Um, but, like, the people that fight every monster 50 times <laughs> in order to get their armor sets, uh, I that, that's, like, that's like looking at aliens to me. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, you know, on the one hand, if you, like I, are the kind of person who can, like, play an MMO and, you know, have a team that fights the same raid boss every week until you all have all the armor you can get from it. Right. You know, if you have the patience to do that or if you enjoy it as I do, uh, you know, then you might also enjoy kind of fighting the same monster over and over in Monster Hunter. On the other hand, my record is I once had to fight a Molten Tigrex 43 times before I got the one material that I needed. Aww. And if that sounds like hell to you, it does, you know, definitely maybe like kind of re do your research first. <laughs> it sounds more like hell than the literal Greek depiction of hell in the game <laughs> Hades that I'm currently playing. I see. <laughs> I would rather be in that hell. Than the hell you just described. That hell's pretty cool, to be yeah, honest. That hell is cool as yeah. fuck. That's a fucking cool hell. I want to go hang out there with with the Medusa head girl. Oh, uh, Dusa. Yeah, she's yeah. great. Yeah, she's she is great. She's adorable. Thanks, Garrett. Thanks, Garrett. Sergio V says, "Hey guys, this or that version two. <laughs> I would like to see what you guys would choose with the following." Okay. PS5 or Xbox Series X slash S. Okay, do you want to read them all out or should we take them one at a time? Take turns, Okay, yeah. I have to tell you, um, I, for the first time in my life, am leaning toward Xbox for this one. Wow. Specifically, the Series, I think, S, which is the cheaper one. Yeah. Because of how cheap it is. 
like to be able to get you know a modern day console uh for the price of a switch uh but to have access to you know kind of the triple a library that the switch doesn't necessarily have access to i mean what an incredible you know economic entry point yeah like, that's a great deal it's, it's a great deal and it seems like you really you know the the primary advantage of the x is like if you want to do like 4k or whatever the fuck but i don't care about that right i have a 60 dollar tv in my room made by polaroid <laughs> like i'm fine with 1080p um so yeah i'm really really considering getting the series s yeah, and I want both, but out of the two, I might be picking Series X because uh, Game Pass. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I would have mentioned it anyway. Turns out I would have mentioned it anyway. Ugh. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I'll probably get a PS5 down the line just because of the exclusives. Yeah. But like, just for kind of jumping headlong into the next generation console experience, can't beat 300 bucks. Yeah, like I, I do want the PS5 also because like, I just want to play the prettiest version of Miles Morales like instantly. <laughs> sure. But uh. All right, <clears throat> Nintendo Switch Pro with Bluetooth connectivity or Nintendo Switch Pro with personalized home menu like background picture, font styles, etc. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Bluetooth connectivity here because I'm I have I like Bluetooth. <laughs> like I, I have two pairs of Bluetooth headphones, and right now the way that I use them with my Switch is um, Amy Lee was gracious enough to give me like a Bluetooth dongle as a gift that I plug into the charging port. And then you have to do this kind of clunky ritual to connect the headphones to the switch. <laughs> um, and I would love for it to be more seamless like it is on my PlayStation Vita, which is a much older console. Wow. I would love to just be able to whip my headphones out and have them connect immediately. Wow. You'd love to be able to throw out the gift that my fiance thoughtfully bought for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a lot of use out of it, but I would love native Bluetooth support for the switch. That would I, be great. I would actually pick Nintendo Switch Pro with personalized home menu because, yeah i figured yeah because I don't, I don't use bluetooth like ever <laughs> I, I don't really need it so and i will say that like you know the the switch's home menu as it currently exists is quite drab and it would be nice to be able to customize it yeah but, but for, it's it's still serviceable yeah like, yeah like for me personally just bluetooth is more important Mario Kart 9 or Super Mario Party 2? Oh, neither. Super Mario Party 2 for me. I was going to I was actually going to barely give the edge to Mario Kart 9. Wow. Yeah. Um yeah, no, nah, like uh like it's funny, I haven't gotten around to playing Super Mario Party 1 yet. Mm -hmm. Um but like it seemed to do things that were more interesting slash better than any of the recent hmm. Mario Party games. Okay. So if, if it's like a continuation of like Mario Party returning to his roots and getting better. Sure. Um, maybe like Super Mario Party 2 would be the Mario Party 2 of this generation. You know? Okay. Maybe it would really kind of, uh, yeah, just light the, the Mario Party spark back up. I'm just really not into either of those franchises, but on balance, like if you put them both in front of me, I would probably be more interested in playing Mario Kart 9 for five minutes and then never touching it again. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd lean towards Mario Party out of those two experiences. Sure. Uh, there there would have been a day where I would have preferred Mario Kart, but yeah. I I burned myself out on that franchise when I 100%ed Mario Kart DS. And I didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, GameCube or Nintendo 64? <laughs> Oh, that's really hard for me, actually. I'm not sure offhand. It's easy for me. It's GameCube. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, 
I think I'd probably have to go with N64. I, I thought just, so. I just yeah. have I have more of an attachment to more games on that system. Yeah, exactly. N64 has Mystical Ninja Goemon and Majora's Mask on it. And Tactics o- or uh, Ogre Battle 64. Uh, and um, I just forgot the name. Uh, Mischief Makers. Oh, yeah. Uh, Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah, I have a I have a lot of fondness for many games on that system. And the GameCube has Chibi Robo on it, and even if it well, only right. had Chibi Robo and no other <laughs> game on it, I'd prefer yeah. it over the N sixty four. That's that is understandable considering that you're you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like but it doesn't only have Chibi Robo on it. It, oh, has, it has a great library. Yeah, God, it's got Wind Waker, it's mm-hmm. got uh it's got uh that fun ass goofy like multiplayer version of warioware one oh yeah um it's got luigi's mansion which i would miss yeah it's got uh, uh some very well-regarded fire emblems which i never got to play but you right know, um uh, just just the one actually. oh right because the other ones were for the wii yeah the other yeah. one yeah radiant dawn is for the wii um path of radiance is for the game right uh, it has the sonic gems collection mm-hmm. which is the only way you can play sonic r on a on like a kind of <laughs> Well, it was for the Saturn, but like for right. a console that people actually owned. Yes. Um, I just thought of another Sonic Adventure Two Battle. Yeah, which, yeah. Which I would miss as well. Yeah. Oh man, Game, like it had the Baden Kaitos games, Baden Kaitos Origins, right? Apparently, like one of the best RPGs ever made, and it's like three hundred dollars for a new uh-huh. copy. Skies I, of Arcadia Legends. Yeah, yeah. Game, yeah, GameCube's awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah. No, they're they're yeah. I have a I have an enormous fondness for both consoles, but for me, just the N sixty four would get the edge. Here's one: Persona franchise or Xenoblade franchise? Oh, yeah, Persona, Xenoblade. I got to give the edge to Persona. I just I think that you know, uh, kind of. I'm trying to think of an idiom, not dimes for donuts, but like just. It, <laughs> Dimes for donuts? Just is that in a terms real thing? Of, it is. I don't really know how to apply it. But um, <laughs> just in terms of the sheer amount of, you know, kind of mileage that I've gotten out of both franchises, um, you know, I enjoyed Persona 3. I enjoyed Persona 4. I liked, uh, you know, the spinoffs like Persona Arena. Um, you know, compared to that, I mean, I played most of, you know, Xenoblade 1 and then a little bit of Xenoblade Chronicles X, and I did not touch Xenoblade 2. So, like, I, I just, you know, I've gotten, I've had more fun with Persona. I think I've probably actually had more fun with Persona myself. Like, I I think, you know, I love Xenoblade 1 yeah. uh, to death. Uh, but, uh, but overall, I'd say that the Persona franchise is probably better games on balance. Mm-hmm. Okay. But... Persona has also made me so much madder than the Xenoblade games have. <laughs> that's fair, and yeah. I I do think that that's that's one prominent difference between us is that I'm more willing to ignore stuff like that, mm. you know. And and I I I'm not saying that that's a good thing about me or a bad thing about you. <laughs> right. It's just a difference in our personalities. Yeah. So I I think that that allows me to you know even now enjoy Persona kind of maybe more than you would. Yeah, like, th- that is really kind of the edge, is that, like, the Persona franchise continues to do just, like, yes, gross, shitty things. It's a problem. Yeah. It's a big problem. And, uh, and to be fair, Xenoblade 2 also had some problematic Japanese nonsense, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> but it, it feels just more prominent throughout the Persona franchise. Yeah. Like, Z- like Xenoblade and Xenoblade X kind of were just 
were just largely like pretty cool games. Yeah, with, I was gonna without, say like, like yeah, you know, you you can like uh, you can put Charla in a bikini if you want, but at least she's an adult. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and also there isn't like just a whole side story about like about like the male character is going to peek at Charlotte in the hot springs or some shit. Also true. Yeah. Uh so yeah. So I I I'd give the edge to Xenoblade, but That's fair. Uh, but obviously the persona video games are very good video games. Yeah. And finally, a whole year without any Nintendo Direct? <laughs> yes, an extra year since we already haven't had any in a year. Or a whole year without any new Smash character. <laughs> uh I would I personally would go a whole year without any new Smash character. Yeah. Because I think, with the Nintendo Directs, you're getting a bunch of games. Yeah, exactly. Me me too. Like because, uh, you know, I love Smash, but I also love all kinds of other games. Right. Um and I should say that, you know, as I'm making this decision, I'm assuming that the absence of those directs would mean that games featured in those directs would not otherwise exist. Oh. Uh, like I I mean if it's just like you know, I don't get Nintendo Directs, but all the games come out anyway, then obviously I'm going to choose Smash characters. That, like, why would you not? It's funny. I'd probably pick... I'd probably pick Directs any... Like, I'd probably pick to keep Directs anyway, because, like, there's such a good way to get information, you know? And I feel like if the Directs didn't exist but the game still did, uh, a lot of these games, especially the smaller titles that Nintendo likes to feature on their Directs, would come out and get no notice get no mm-hmm. recognition that they would otherwise get by like hundreds of thousands of people watching the direct and finding this cool small indie game that they decided to feature on the direct you know okay yeah i i i see your point but i i guess just for me even not being that much of a smash fan if it was like there's no directs but the games come out anyway versus i just don't get like three or four smash characters well that's the thing like i like in this scenario i'm guessing we get the smash characters we just get them a year late Oh. Like, because it says no Smash characters for a year. Okay. Yeah. I see. Uh, And I'd, yeah. So I'd I'd be fine with, like, yeah. If it just turns out that, uh, that from September uh, 2020 to September 2021, there's no new Smash characters released. But then October 2021 uh, through 2022, we get the rest of Season Pass... Yeah. whatever and like they have that extra time to polish those remaining characters yeah i'm cool with that no I'm yeah i mean it. if we're framing the question in that weird way that no person would then Here, I guess here's I'll the sentence here's the sentence a whole year without any nintendo direct or a whole year without any new smash character right it doesn't mean smash characters will stop existing from that point forward it just means we don't get them for a year okay so basically depending on the way we think about this question i could go either way <laughs> In fact, depending on the way we think about this question, there's no reason to choose either one option or the other. <laughs> but they're, they're, but they're... if we consider it in the way that I was initially thinking of it, which is that a there's no, the Nintendo Directs um hap- the Nintendo Directs not happening means those games don't come out and b the Smash characters not getting revealed means that Smash characters that otherwise would have existed do not then I would go with a Nintendo Direct. Uh, Sergio, you can clarify this question if you'd like. <laughs> yeah. But I think the, I think the main thing uh, about this is not 
that things wouldn't exist anymore. It's just trying to gauge whether we prioritize like what what we prioritize experiencing sooner than other things, you know? Like uh if you had uh both pizza and hamburgers out in the kitchen right now, but you eating one means you couldn't eat the other for a year. But burgers still exist. <laughs> <laughs> burgers are still out there. Uh, you know, I still think that's an interesting question. So no, I don't think there's no reason for it to be asked. You did a great job, Sergio. Don't don't. I mean, to be clear, Sergio, you did a great job. <laughs> Daniel, you didn't for this question. <laughs> you said that the question was badly asked. No, that's not. If I if that's how you interpreted it, Sergio, I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. What I meant was that on and only an unreasonable person would interpret the question in the way that Daniel has. That's what I meant. Like, mm. I think that all the other questions are in the spirit of you can either have this thing or that thing. And then this comes along and you want it to be this like cerebral thing where we're <laughs> considering like linear equations of time and the, determining the, the, our the, answers. The question specifically mentioned the passage of a year. Mm hmm. So, so we don't get Smash characters for a year. For a year. Right. And then afterwards we would get Smash characters. Okay. But why are we not getting them for a year if, <laughs> why, um, why if they you, still exist? Why are you not overanalyzing every other question that got asked? I'm not overanalyzing it. You are the one who's putting strange impositions on this question. It's not a strange imposition. I'm literally just presenting the question as it was asked. A whole year without any Nintendo Direct but or a whole year without any new Smash But game. you're adding an assumption that we get the stuff anyway. We just get it later. And I don't think that that's in the spirit of the question. Like, to me, it's like if, like, for instance, you know, um, N64 versus GameCube. What I was thinking is essentially like if I were on a desert island and I got one of those, which would I want, right? It's not like, well, I'll play N64 now, but my GameCube will still be there tomorrow. I'm making a definitive decision about which one I would rather have in the absence of the other. All the other questions are like that to me. That was the way I was interpreting all the other questions. Right, but otherwise the question would be worded no Nintendo Directs or no or. Otherwise, the question would be worded, no new Nintendo Direct or no new Smash characters. Like, the, the year is obviously important to Sergio in the context of this question. Right, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's important to Sergio because he's assuming that the Smash characters will come out, it will just be a year later. I, I don't know. I, th I think, like I said, I, I, think, I think the question, as it seems to be posed, has merit because it, it just shows our priorities in which we'd rather experience first, you know, like which we'd rather experience sooner. Um, like I, I like the question, the way it seems to me to be presented. And I like the question, the way it seems to me to be presented. We established <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, but you're making shit up about your version of the question. No, I'm not. You're removing whole words from the question for your version to make sense. Look, I never said that it's the, <laughs> the I am not the one who's removed, who's like adding or removing things here. I when I hear no smash characters for a year the way I interpret that is we the smash characters that we would have gotten in the hypothetical year that we're discussing we do not get hmm. we might get smash characters later but not those ones <laughs> that's the way that I interpret that question I think that's completely reasonable in the spirit of the question the way that it's asked hmm. 
I I now see your interpretation of that question. Okay, good. I do still think it's wrong, though. Sergio, feel free to clarify. <laughs> yes, please, Sergio. <laughs> or don't, so that we never have to talk about this again. <laughs> I'm actually fine with that. <laughs> I don't I don't know how much of this is good radio anyway. I don't know how much of this <laughs> That's I'm fair. Um But anyway, that was the last question. <sighs> Thank you, Sergio. Thank you, Sergio. Finally, uh, Mark E. sent us an email. All right. First Tony Hawk Pro Skater, now Writer's Republic. (laughs) Extreme sport video games are back, baby. true. Unrelated, I can't seem to get excited for Age of Calamity. (laughs) Breath of the Wild is my favorite game, but I've never played a Warriors game and have Mm. little interest in them. We'll see as we find out more about it, but I feel like I'd only be playing Age of Calamity out of love for Breath of the Wild. Ah. Have you ever played a game simply because of another one? What was your experience? Assuming this goes beyond a game being a normal sequel. Okay. Uh, thanks for keeping the Smashing Theory dream alive, Marky. <laughs> Thank you, Marky. Yeah. Uh, so I have an answer to this question immediately. So do I. Uh, okay, nice. My answer is every Chibi Robo game that I've played since the release of the original <laughs> Chibi Robo, which have generally not been uh, direct sequels, but just like new takes on Chibi sure. Robo. Like uh, like Chibi Robo Photo Finder, which is just like you take yeah you take pictures of toilet paper rolls uh, with your 3ds camera and right then, and then Chibi Robo picks them up yeah just toilet paper rolls that's yeah the whole <laughs> yeah that's about. the whole game <laughs> how many toilet paper rolls can you find um I did that often enough out of my love for Chibi Robo that I got to the point where I bought Chibi-Robo Ziplash for the 3DS at, like, full price, like, the the special pack that had the Amiibo in it. Right. And and I bought it, and I could not bring myself to actually play that game. Damn. Uh, Because, like, it's, you know, been hailed as such a mediocre game Mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with anything that I love about the (laughs) Chibi-Robo franchise. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, Chibi-Robo spinoff games, yeah, I, I play... I play and get those because I love Chibi Robo 1 so much, but I wish every time I experience those on any level, I wish they were more like the first Chibi Robo game. That's fair. Yeah, and the and the franchise is probably just like permanently dead now, and I'll never get that wish. <sighs> Such a shame. Yeah. What about you, Sean? Uh, so my answer is Death Stranding. Oh! Uh, which I would not have, certainly wouldn't have bought for full price at launch and may not have been very interested in at all if I hadn't known that it was a Hideo Kojima game. Right. Uh, there's a certain respect that I wish he had been able to just continue going on with the Metal Gear franchise because it's very near and dear to my heart. Yeah. But I picked Death Stranding up because it was the next best thing, basically. <laughs> right. Like, it was the only way that I could continue to experience, you know, the the creativity of Hideo Kojima um, without just like revisiting older titles in the Metal Gear saga or, you know, playing Zone of the Enders or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I would say that my experience was pretty positive. Nice. I, I didn't beat Death Stranding because it's an enormous fucking game. Right. Uh, but I played a substantial amount of it. And even though it is very, very different from Metal Gear in many, many ways, it still felt very Hideo kojima e. I thought a lot of the choices that he made were really bold and interesting, and yeah, I, I enjoyed my experience with that game. So I guess my my experience with that was a little more positive than yours was, I yeah. think you could say. Yeah I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see what he does next. And so even though, you know, I, I did play Death Stranding just because it was tied to one of my favorite game directors, 
I'm I'm interested in, you know, Death Stranding 2 or whatever he decides to do, you know, uh, in the future. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I've also played a lot of, like, dumb, like... I've also played a lot of like crappy Sonic spinoffs. <laughs> yes, because I love Sonic. Yeah. That's yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, but some of them have been like cool, actually. Okay, like Tales Adventure for the Game Gear. Yeah, that is a really cool game. Yeah, that game's yeah. underrated, man. Um, I also like the one where you're you're Tails and you're like flying around, and it's kind of like almost like a like a bullet hell kind of thing. Oh, like Tails Sky Patrol. Yes. Yeah, yeah I didn't like that one. Okay, but uh. But it's it's interesting. It's, yes. it's a weird, neat little game. It really is. All right, thanks, Mark E. Thanks, Mark E. Next time on a Smashing Theory, yes. actually <laughs> fall Nintendo Direct predictions. All right. Un- unless we get bombarded by more surprise Nintendo news. Right, yeah, unless they're like, hey, it's 7.59 Chicago time at 8 o'clock. We're doing a Direct. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've, I completely forgot to mention uh, the... The Super Nintendo Online games. Oh yeah, they're coming. Did you want to say anything about Donkey Kong Country Two coming out? I love it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was Donkey Kong Country Two. Uh, some other games that were less interesting. Yes, and, and then Japan gets the Fire Emblem. And yeah, and Japan got uh, the Super Nintendo Fire Emblem game, which is cool. Yes, and we d- we didn't. We yeah. didn't get that. Sad. Yeah, I'll just have to learn Japanese and play it on my Japanese account. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. I could also do that. In yeah. Theory. I have a Japanese account too. Yeah. Oh, good. You didn't delete it. Nope. It's still there. Nice. Um, okay. Well, next time on a Smashing Theory, Fall uh, 2020 Nintendo Direct Predictions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, if, if some of you already sent us your Fall Nintendo Direct <laughs> predictions, we still have them and we'll read them next time. Yeah. If you have any new ones you'd like to Or make, if you'd like to revise any yeah, in light of these announcements. Yes, yeah. Feel feel free to send. Yeah. And also, if there's any like Nintendo news that happens between now and our next episode, we'll probably end up covering it, so feel free to talk to us about it. Feel yes. free to talk to us about whatever calamity, whatever uh, Hyrule Warriors 2 yeah. news pops up, like, you know, a couple days after you listen to this episode. <laughs> right. Or maybe you decided to wait a few days to listen to the episode and the news is already there. Whatever period of space time you're in, yes. there are a multitude of things you could talk to us about. <laughs> so do it, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can send us a tweet or you can email smashingtheory at gmail.com. Uh, yes. As so, yeah, this, this ended up being a, a good amount of discussion. Yeah. Uh, so hope you enjoy and we'll see you later. And in the meantime, I hope that you don't have a calamitous time. Rather, you should have a smashing time! I heard a little Dr. Robotnik in there this time. And I will catch the hedgehog! Special thanks. Special thanks. Special thanks to Lonald. I don't know why I said it that way. Thanks, Lonald. <laughs> How'd you say it? I wasn't even... Special thanks. Oh, yeah. I don't know why you said that either. I don't know. Well, well thanks, Lonald. game show host. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're great, Lonald. Yeah. Love you, man. Yes. Special thanks to Nymph. Thanks, Nymph. <laughs> I wonder if Nymph would like Hades. Uh, you know, I bet they would. Yeah, Nymph recommended 
Moonlighter to us. Yes, which was like shitty Hades. <laughs> Thanks for the recommendation, Nim. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I, If you like Moonlighter, that's fine. I came away with it from a different opinion than you. <laughs> Special thanks to my fiance Amy Lee. Yeah, thanks, Amy Lee. Uh, she she's home. Yeah. yeah the, the thing happened again where she was at work while we were recording, and it really like you can just kind of assume that we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon, and that's what happened. But, yeah. Um, but still. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're looking forward to seeing her as soon as we're done thanking her and yeah. other people. Yes. Yeah. Let's get these things rolling. All right. Uh, this is the thanks, baby. Yeah. Uh, special but, but thanks, not, but not baby in my case. Special thanks, thanks, to friend. <laughs> special thanks, thanks, friend. Special thanks, friendo. Special thanks to Mr. Cool Red Luigi. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Let me try that again. <clears throat> Woohoo! Oh yeah, there we go. Yeah. It's a girl, Luigi. I hope you're cool with um, on the Discord lately. Uh, he's been posting like you know, like him getting like the new Super Mario All Stars, uh-huh. like 3D, uh, and like posting like video clips of him doing it. And he did this incredible video where he like yeah. leapt halfway across a map to get a star. Yeah, and he just really stuck the landing. Yeah, yeah. So like every time he's been posting like Super Mario 3D All Stars stuff. I've just been, like, typing, like, in a Mario voice, like, Oh, that's a really fucking good! Oh, holy shit! Uh, that well, doesn't good, sound like you, Daniel. Good job! Oh, fuck-a-doo! Oh, fuck-a-doo! Yeah, well, I haven't said that yet, but okay. I, was, I was planning on You're it. saving it for a yeah, special I'm, occasion. I'm saving it, yeah. And and every time, like, I do that, like, no one responds at all, including uh, Mr. Cool Red Luigi. Sometimes I think that's your favorite way to interact with people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just, just screaming obscenities as Mario into the void. Yeah. Good. It's my, it's my default state. Special thanks to Cool Gabe. Gabe, 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 Gabe. Hey, Cool Gabe. Gabe, 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 Gabe. What you doing this way? <laughs> Keep going, but I think I'll just stop there. Actually, oh, those are those are best one yet, man. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Thanks, Gabe. Thanks. <laughs> I just like I imagine like you like go Gabe, 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 and like just like you just start like moving towards him like as you swing to the beat, and then you're like right in front of him, and you're like sw- you're like swinging around, and you're like, what you doing this Wednesday? <laughs> like. Incredibly cursed, but but like perfect. Oh, good. That was your best one. <laughs> that was your best one. <laughs> uh, special thanks to Vinny G. Oh, Vinny G, Vinny G. This is what you mean to me saying slam poetry when I announce your name. Thanks. <laughs> Vinny, uh, and actually, uh, multiple of you in the special thanks. Uh, it seems like you checked out our bound sneak peek. I hope you enjoyed that and that it's yes. cool. I also hope that. Yeah. Uh, the bound sneak peek is viewable. Patreon.com slash beep boop group. Yeah. And uh, it's an actual play podcast. Yeah. And yeah, Vinny, you, um, yeah, you see, seems like you've been checking that out. So I hope it was cool to you. Yeah, same. And finally, special thanks to V 
Vinebur. Oh, Vinebur. 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 I wonder, like, if we lived in a world where people didn't have names, like, <laughs> what bits you would even have left. Oh, person 1279, I think that you're really fine. <laughs> I see exactly the same. <laughs> good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Vinabur, for your continued good shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you, especially if you want them, if you want these, <laughs> you get them. Yeah, $20. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Special thanks to all our special thanks, patrons. Bye. Bye.